I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom the Lesser Bionic. The Lesser? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there were some kings that were called the Lesser and the Greater. But is this foreshadowing about this the show? This is foreshadowing. Okay. Well, then we'll let our listeners who listen all week determine what it is foreshadowing. Yeah. And, and for, for all the rest of you newer guests, this is the Future Quake Show, where we're going to talk about some compelling issues from a biblical framework, a show maybe nothing like you've heard from before. And I want to say hi to all of our regular Futurians out yeah. there. Uh, this week, uh, we have got an interview with Brother Tom Horn, who is the founder and director of the Raiders News Network website and Defender Publishing Group. And we're going to talk about new discoveries in prophetic research and America's destiny and the resultant need for independent Christian media. And uh, Great. There's He's, never a show, bad show with Tom Horn, is there? I know, but there's also never a show with, without some weird audio problems either. Anytime he's on because of the subject matter we talk about, it's mm-hmm. got to have something to do, or just my general incompetence. You know, we ought to put out a, like a prayer a prayer request a couple of weeks before we do a... We have Brother Tom on? Yeah. That, yeah. that way we'll get, we, we can get yeah. kind of... But we did stuff. get the show. The, the, the Lord uh, carried us through, and you're going to hear that this week. So with mm-hmm. no further ado, it's our first installment of our interview with Brother Tom Horn, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Not the uh, not the Tom we're interviewing, but another Tom. The normal Tom. The regular Tom. Bionic. <laughs> Lots of commas in that middle name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you. And uh, we have a, a guest here. I don't want to say an old friend. That wouldn't be very nice to say. But a frequent, experienced friend mm-hmm. of the Future Quake show. And someone who we would not be where we are today without like his to say influence. A good friend, a very, very good, good friend. friend. Uh, we we are uh, this week with Tom Horn, who is the founder and director of uh, the Raiders News Network and uh, Defender Publishing, and we're going to be talking about new discoveries and prophetic research in America's destiny and the resultant need for independent Christian media. Uh, Brother Tom, I just want to welcome you to the Future Quake Show. Uh, well, uh, and I'm the I'm the not normal Tom, I guess. <laughs> if Tom's the nor if Tom Bionic is the normal Tom, I must be the not normal Tom. Anyway, I'm I'm starting out confused, but hey, it's great to be back on your show again. Well, you know, our listeners often stay in that state of being confused. Yeah. And, and I have to admit, there's been many other people who I've also heard say that Tom Horn is not normal. So uh, I guess there is something to that. You know, Brother Tom, some of our listeners have told us that we sometimes spend too much airtime discussing the background of our guests, which uh, we like to dispute. But since you've been a repeat visitor to our show, and I'm thinking you may be joining the Five Club uh, with Uh, this particular visit. Yeah. Uh, We don't have a lot of repeat visitors, uh, Brother Tom. We we try to get fresh blood in all the time. It's not like we have a recurring uh, roster we go through. But there's just so many fascinating things that you're, you're in the center of. Uh, that we need you periodically. But since you're a repeat visitor, uh, I'm going to steer our newer listeners to your earlier shows that we've done with you, which are archived at futurequake.com, uh, if they desire to find out about more with you and, and try to dispense with our usual discussion of your background today. 
uh, and our listeners are very good about going through and pouring through our archives. So just want to direct them there. I will say your ministry over the years has been influential in, in a number of ways. Uh, as as you being a major leader in one of the largest uh, worldwide Christian denominations in the past, and a pastor of a number of uh, major churches, as well as assisting in a number of national media ministries and networks. Uh, we know you best here, uh, and those of us who are fellow Futurians, from your work in establishing the Breakthrough Raiders News Network uh, online Christian news service, which is the home of uh, what I consider some of the most provocative news analysis and commentary you'll find anywhere on the web. Uh, daily stop for Tom Bionic. Well, and those stories often find their way in our Friday Tomorrow's Trevor's mm-hmm. section directly off the pages of uh, Raiders News Network, as well as your unforgettable books uh, you have written and the ones you publish for others with your unique publishing company, uh, which is now known as Defender Publishing Group. Speaking of your flagship Raiders site, I don't know if you appreciated my, my quick and dirty intro to you, but uh, speaking of your fla- flagship site there at Raiders News Network, how would you describe the State of the Union right now uh, of the, the whole Raiders franchise in terms of its popularity and the general effectiveness of it uh, as you think it can really aspire to in its role? Uh, hey, I love that quick and dirty intro. That was absolutely excellent. Well, look, <clears throat> the last time we checked our hit stats was in June. We checked for the month of June. Um, and for the month of June, we had over 11 million hits that month. So, um, you know, you do some of these different um, online services like Alexa and some of those. Some of them rate it not that high. Some of them rate it in the top. Um, so I don't know. It's difficult for me to know. Uh, there was a day and age when 11 million hits would have put you in the, you know, probably the top thousand sites on the internet. But there's so many sites now that, and the internet continues to grow, and there's so many, you know, literally hundreds of millions of people around the world that are logging on every day that I, I'm not quite sure how that ranks us. Um, but we do continue to grow. Um, one of the other um, telltale signs for me is the voluminous amount of email that we're getting every day. I mean, we mm. we now get literally hundreds. Of personal emails. I'm not talking about spam. I'm talking right. about personal emails uh, every day. And frankly, even with the size of the staff that I have working for me, it, we just can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And it, and and it and I want people to know that it personally makes me feel bad when people right. take time to send us an email uh, and and they don't get a response. Um, and that always makes me feel bad. But they're they're just honestly, if I if I had 15 people working for me right now, that'd be all they would do: answer emails, and right. as soon as you answer all those and hit clear, there's more. So you have to um, do triage, in other words, of the emails you get. Sad to say. Well, <clears throat> what we have to do, um, we try to we try to deal with as many of the emails per day as we can, and then there are, of course, if we see an email that comes from Doctor Future. Um, there are emails with people that we deal with on a regular basis. You hit, de- have. You hit delete then. If it's Doctor Future, is it the spam, <laughs> yeah. the spam box? Yeah. No, uh, no. I mean, I'm just saying we, we. There are days when it's better than other days. Right. There are days when we can, you know, cover a lot of our email. Um, I have two different donors that work for me. Joe works for me. Nita works for me. And these are people. Uh, Shim Franklin works for me. James works for me. So these are people that. Uh, depending on what the day is, they may have more or less time to be with emails, and if we can, we deal with them. But my whole point about that was when you're asking me how Raiders News Network is doing, um, I mean, based on the amount of emails, we think we're reaching a, a lot of people because 
to get 300 emails in a day, personal emails, you have to be reaching millions of people. Right. Uh, it, it, it takes a lot of numbers. You know, the old political uh, thing that politicians use, that for every one person that takes time to actually call them, it represents, you know, X number of thousands of people. Right. Um, the other thing I would say that, that, that tells me that we're growing, and I think exponentially so, is that I'm receiving more and more invitations from around the world now to speak at events, conferences, churches, uh, other radio shows, television shows. And up until now, um, I've been turning down almost mm-hmm. entirely all invitations except for people that I know like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, doing that is a result of just not having enough hours in a day, not because I don't want to do it. I right. do. I just can't. Um, I did agree this year to speak at Dr. Uh, Stanley Monteith's Radio Liberty Conference in October, Mm -hmm. and uh, partly did that because I'm going to be addressing the issue of transhumanism and the bioethical and prophetic ramifications of the philosophy of transhumanism, emerging fields of science, things that you and I have talked about in the past, you and I and uh, Tom Ionic. What day is that meeting? Oh, man, now you would ask me that. It's, it's like the October. 25th or something of right. October. I don't have my calendar in front of me. Because I'm really thinking, I'm thinking about going to that, and uh, I won't be able to bring the future mobile out on that trip. Uh, we'll have to keep that oh, no? for this one. I but, uh, wait. wait, the future mobile that has the apocalyptic image on the side where we're all returning on horseback with Christ? Right, that, be- that's the one. right behind uh, Dr. Future and Tom Bionic on horseback riding with Jesus Armageddon yeah. is Tom Horn looking straight at the, <laughs> at the viewer yeah. next to Peter Goodgame and, and a host of other guys that you would almost, know. Almost with kind of like an I told you so, so Yeah, look. you've got, the, got <laughs> the Gilberts and the whole the whole gallery. That thing gallery. was fantastic and I was so honored. I mean, I just so honored, you know. Um, but, you know, people are going to see my face uh, on that body on that horse, and they're going to say, that definitely does not look like a glorified body to me. <laughs> you know, actually, I had them tone down my muscle tone. I, I, said, <laughs> I don't want to have such a prominent uh, picture like that. Yeah, there's that a, very cool. Well, there's a Nephilim on the other side of that uh, mural there that's just hey, got, got that. your name. He's looking to uh, mess with uh, Dr. Horn there. Uh, so, yeah, so, no, I saw that, and so, we're yeah, we're coming back to do battle with uh, the with the forces of evil but hey that's a that's a very cool thing you had made who who did that for you well we we have an artist at our church uh, actually our announcer merv who we have for an announcer also is a very accomplished artist and uh, he took my drawings and sketches and did a little photoshop magic with it and uh we he and i worked together and out it popped but it's just one of those uh, lunatic fringe things we do uh, on the edge of the edge of of what we handle here. <laughs> Just another day. That's right. But, well, uh, we, if, if if you brought that thing though, and you come to the to Stan Monteith's conference, I'm going to be keynoting there. That's going to okay. also be filmed for a film project. We hope ah. will happen in the future. Talking about ah. um, Chris Pinto. Okay. Uh, he he inspired me. Uh, with the work that he's done, and we're hoping that maybe at some point we'll be able to afford this whole project. We have a working title for this project called The Coming Replacement Humans, uh, and it sounds fantastic, and yet the science and everything else that's actually happening is, it, I mean, it's, it, we're, we're talking about some very spooky, very real mm-hmm. possibilities that sure. have already started. Right. And I, anyway, I know we don't want to get off on that. No. I just wanted you to know that, uh, you know, invitations, emails, uh, the amount of traffic hitting our website. We think that Raiders News Network is very relevant. Um, I don't know key. who. 
Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. You, you, when you've got millions of people coming to your website, it is having an impact on cultural thinking of at least a major segment of society. Well, we, we, we hope that it is, and the raw numbers certainly tell us that we're striking a nerve somewhere, that a lot of people are very interested in what we have to say. And, and we think it's, frankly, we think it's because um, we're willing to talk about issues that a lot of people can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pastors can't raise churches to be healthy, getting up and talking every Sunday morning about the kind of stuff I talk about. I, That's right. I wanted to be that other guy who is in a position to be able to talk about issues that are questions to a great deal of the world and not just people in the choir. Well, that's exactly how we posture ourselves at Future Quake. We, we are not a pastor in a pulpit. They have other issues that they have to balance for the well-being of the entire body. Uh, and there are certain main focuses they need to do on their, uh, their Bible teaching. And, in fact, Tom Bionic here has a Bible study that's oh. on the Revelations Radio Network that, in fact, is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible, and that's its purpose. Uh, but for our show, it's, it's, it's much like how your, your news site is. It takes the current uh, news stories and it evaluates them from a biblical worldview. And it's a forum for controversial topics uh, that we have here that most Christian radio would dare not touch. And we try to provide a forum where those taboo subjects are, are reviewed in a, in a Christian worldview. And that's why we revere you so highly is because uh, you very boldly ha- have done that and have held a high standard with some very, very difficult issues, and, and things are always happening on your end. We're always just trying to chase you down because you're yeah. four or five steps ahead of us in what you're doing. Uh, you, you know, t- talking about Raiders, per se, before we move on, uh, how would you describe the extent of its impact to our cu- culture since you started it? And it's been a number of years. And do you have any kind of notable examples uh, of some things that come to mind with you of the kind of impact it's had as far as feedback you've gotten on it or things that really got things started rolling based upon what what you done there? You know, it's kind of interesting, actually, um, describing the Raiders News Network phenomenon, other than to say that it was at point guard during the formulative days of the Internet. And, and immediately it took off. It took off just extraordinary, uh, people finding it um, to be different than other Christian conservative or libertarian, for that matter, mm-hmm. news sites. And that we were we were willing to talk about these hot issues uh, that ministries and churches wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole, um, as well as I should say, one of the things that at first seemed to be a negative and turned into a positive is our willingness to take unpopular positions right. if we believed that we were right on an issue. Um, I'll give you an instance. I can't tell you the amount of flack that we took from other uh, Christian and uh, ministry. Um, internet resources when we were the first national voice to begin speaking out against some of the things that were happening during the Bush administration that we thought posed a threat to individual liberty, the hacking away at constitutional protections for citizens, um, the breach of the Christian rules for just war, mm-hmm. um, the move to unban the Geneva Convention treatment rules for POWs, um, the idea of using military law that had been intended for foreign wars here in the U.S. in domestic situations, even against American citizens, um, the suspension of habeas corpus, which I think I talked about on your website, I mean on your show before, um, and the bankrupting of our nation's capital supply through deficit spending, all, all of which, of course, is exponentially increasing under the current administration, the Obama administration. So for anybody that thinks that I'm 
bossing against a Republican. I'm not. <laughs> but <clears throat> we received literally thousands of emails mm -hmm. uh, from people during the Bush administration telling us that we were not Christians. I mean, they went that far to say, you are not a Christian if you don't accept Bush as God's man. But, and I don't want to get into politics here. Right. I can tell you, that, however, that over the last 24 months, over the last two years, we've received even more emails, and some of them even apologetic, saying, you know, boy, did you guys have the administration pegged right. right. And, and, and frankly, I will tell you that in the long run, all of that controversy actually helped to establish Raiders News Network as tough but fair, mm -hmm. uh, independent news group that's willing to follow the truth Mm -hmm. wherever it leads, even if that truth disagrees with our status quo or our popular opinion. Well, also the, the, a reputation of being thought-provoking and a challenging established norms rather than just being a ditto head of what mm -hmm. you hear in the remainder of Christian media. And one that you mentioned, too, that you've spoken out controversially was about Christian dominionism. Uh, mm -hmm. Amongst evangelicals, there's there's been a rise, particularly of influential evangelicals, that have embraced to some degree, whether they recognize it or not, dominionist principles of uh, occupying till Jesus comes, according to their view, and taking over the reins of government and forcibly trying to bring in the kingdom. I believe you were some of the first people to actually show what some of the hazards would be with that. And I, I think that's an important <coughs> legacy of Raiders News Network. Well, <clears throat> and, and we've talked about that before on your show. You know, part of that grew out of when I was a pastor. And... <clears throat> I won't mention the book now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there was a particular book I was reading by an internationally known ministry on the Kingdom Age. And uh, that year, this was in the, I think, 19, it was either 1990 or 1991, I was invited to be the keynote speaker for the uh, uh, um, Religious Broadcasters Convention. And I was reading that book. And uh, it was all about the Kingdom Age theology and establishing the, you know, reclaiming, uh, reconstructionism, reclaiming what had been lost in the Garden of Eden. But doing this, this whole dominionist idea, accomplishing this through uh, political channels. And, uh, I, I, you know, the more I studied this book and looked at what was being advocated, the more I thought, you know, if you were to follow this thing through to its ultimate um, and you would be literally laying the groundwork for the coming of the Antichrist, the marriage, the marrying of the church with uh, political authority and uh, a kind of last days theocratic anti-Christian system. And it, and it really disturbed me because as a pastor, I had witnessed how anemic um, trying to use political influence might be, because I also worked in exorcism. Uh, might be to persuade, let's say, a demon to come out of somebody. Yeah. On the other hand, there was no question when the authority of the name of Jesus Christ was invoked by devout people that you had an authority that comes down from heaven, not up from Washington, D.C. And um, and so as a pastor, it disturbed me very deeply that we were we were cha we were changing the course of the church. We were channeling people away from devotion to Christ and the preaching of the gospel to espousing some kind of a pull a political lever approach to fulfilling the Great Commission on Earth, that if we voted for the right guy, then we did our gig in fulfilling the Great Commission. And, well, of course, um, the destruction to the church 
as a result of following through with that theology over the past 20 years, I think is self-evident. And one of the things that uh, independent voices like ours could do now, perhaps, is to put the you know to make a call for a new movement within the body of Christ that could hopefully bring about a true restitution, a revival, a return to the uncompromised declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power, the dunamain, the dynamite of God. Um, uh, and and so, that you know, the, the whole issue with dominionism, and I think I'm getting off track again, I do apologize, but the, the whole issue was very um, dear to me mm-hmm. as a pastor because I cared greatly about the church, and I hated feeling that we were getting off uh, track in the way that we were. Yeah, Dr. Joseph Chambers discussed some of these same things last week on our show, and uh, we, we have covered it a lot. And when you get to a point when you have major ministries that have on their board of directors uh, heads of uh, private security, pri- private security yeah. firms that are doing atrocities, uh, overseas, or at least alleged in, in federal court, mm-hmm. and, and these p- people have these positions, I think somebody has to step back and, and say, are, have, have we lost our way? And I'll tell you, though, um, <clears throat> some of the other landmark things, you asked me about landmark things that we had done uh, at Raiders News Network um, that kind of were notable or la- mm-hmm. uh, key landmarks of its impact. Um are not just things having to do with doctrine. That's the interesting right. thing about Raiders News Network is we deal with everything. We deal with esoteric issues. We deal with uh, church issues, but we also deal with politics, and we deal with mysterious things. We deal with cryptoarchaeology. We, we, we deal with anything that strikes us of interest so long as it's not something that would challenge the divinity of Christ or the fundamentals of the gospel. Well, one of the other landmarks, um, that uh, that contributed to the early building of a name for Raiders Network as a watchdog on social issues and current events, and actually one of the proudest moments for me personally in our history. And I thought of this today because of the story we we are running tomorrow at Raiders News Network was years ago when Digital Angel, right, um, which is now known as Verichip, they were developing plans to work with the government and U.S. military to introduce implantable RFID microchips in various mm-hmm. policy in order to start mar- microchipping. First would, of course, be a voluntary program with uh, corporate and government sponsors, but that we all know would, of course, eventually become, at least in the de facto sense, uh, mandatory because you wouldn't be able to function without it. And I, So I wrote a series of articles on uh, Digital Angels' plans, and one of those articles really took off, and it was posted all over the Internet. It was on news sites. It was quoted by new, major news sources, including MSNBC. Uh, Cal Thomas, uh, the L.A. Times syndicate, uh, quoted it. Barbara Simpson, who mm-hmm. I did at that time, I think still does, had a syndicated radio show out of New York, uh, The Babe in the Bunker, you know, she writes right. for WellNet Daily. Uh, she picked up on it and quoted it. And as a direct result, Digital Angel. <clears throat> that week, following my article, they received so much negative press that their shares dropped from over five dollars per share to fifty cents per share in one week. And Digital Angel issued an emergency press release stating that because, and they didn't refer to us by name, but they referred to us as some, quote some fundamental Christians in quote, <laughs> uh, see a mark of the beast in this technology that they had decided to suspend their plans 
for human implantation. Praise now, the Lord. Yeah, well, now they're back, though, and they're dredging up the same scheme. Mm -hmm. In fact, the article that's going to run at Raiders tomorrow that I was referring to uh, is on how Verichip this week, they're buying out Steel Vault Corporation, which is a premier provider of identity verification products. Um, Verichip now is going to change its name to Positive ID Corporation in order, according to their own press release, in order to promote uh, implantable RFID as an improved identification system that they're hoping is going uh, to be seen by the government as potentially the answer to future citizen ID. I mean, they're literally positioning themselves uh, for that market, and they're hoping they're hoping for some of these uh, stimulus dollars that the government is offering right now to come to them uh, as a result. Well, of course, you know we're going to be all over it again, just right. like we were the last time. And long before people like Catherine Albrecht, who you know wrote her right. book on spy chips, I think you might have interviewed her before. Well, she's 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 one on our list to have on here. You know, I don't see why they need this information if the White House has all of our email addresses from our neighbors who've ratted us out because we had questions about health care plans or other things. You know, they found their own ways. Well, today just well today or yesterday on the White House uh, yeah. uh, website, they posted. A note saying that anybody who protested at these uh, uh, these things were in fact domestic terrorists. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, uh, actually, Brother Tom here already informed me in my last visit through Missouri that I was a terrorist because of a Ron yeah. Paul sticker oh, and Chuck Baldwin no, sticker. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you, you were the uh, first uh, person to give me a heads up when I was identified as a terrorist. Well, in my faithful meeting with you. Okay, well, look, anyway, I, I mean, I know we got a lot of questions right. to get through. The only thing I would add is that, you know, you were asking about um, right. landmarks at Raiders no. News Network. The, the whole point being that if we were ahead of the curve, if we were right on those issues, and by the way, um, Catherine Ulbricht's going to be speaking with me on the same platform this year at the Radio Liberty Conference, so uh, I appreciate her. I've interviewed her before when I've co-hosted the show. She's a mm -hmm. she's a dear woman and very educated, very articulate, very smart woman. Uh, I just was making the point that her and others had actually picked that mantra up right. from Raiders News Network on this whole RFID issue because we were out there, and in that case, ahead of the curve. And so I would only say to people that if we were right on those issues, they may want to pay attention to what Raiders News Network is saying now about a whole series of current issues, exactly. everything from the Obama socialism to transhumanism and everything in between, because if we were right before, we just might be right again. That's exactly right, and that's the point I want to – and by the way, I think you're going to really enjoy meeting one of our show favorites, Will Grigg, who will be speaking out at your mm -hmm. meeting as well, too. We're back at the Future Quake Show with Dr. Future. And Tom the Baptist, Bionic. Tom the Baptist. <laughs> I don't know if we've referred to this yet in the interview, if our listeners know, but it's more foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, hey, one, yeah. one thing they did here was uh, some very fascinating information about some impact Raiders News Network has regarding RFID chips and, mm -hmm. and a number of things. And I highly recommend people just go to RaidersNewsNetwork.com every day. Mm -hmm. Every day for information that will blow your mind, and someone else will blow your mind is Murph, who will tell you how to contact us here at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. 
Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we've got a couple of seconds. Mind-blowing. Come back tomorrow for the next installment of Tom Horn. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, the voice crying in the wilderness. Yes. Bionic. There's a common theme in your middle names I've noticed so far this week. Yes. And this is our second installment of our interview with Tom Horn, who is the founder and director of Raiders News Network and also the Defender Publishing Group. And we're talking with him about a bunch of things that in common have the uh, common theme of new discoveries in prophetic research and America's destiny and the resultant need for independent Christian media. Mm. It's a mouthful. Man, how did you... You come up with the most just intelligent sentences, and all I'm left with is... Some of the longest titles ever in all radio. middle names, you know what I mean? Well, I've got to start eating my Wheaties or people something. People love your goofball middle names. <laughs> I've never had compliments on my titles. Not once. Anybody said, man, that was some title. That really made me enjoy the show. Well, it's just because like, my, my middle names are kind of like mayo, but you're like the meat of the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old tough grizzly meat. Oh, I doubt that. No, it's sort of like, like the with the filet mignon, the green bologna meat. <laughs> well, we would never call Brother Tom green bologna. In fact, you'll find out he is a filet of information. Mm-hmm. So, no further ado, here is Brother Tom Horn of Raiders News Network, and we'll be right back to discuss it further here at Future Quake. The the point that that first came to mind when I think about the impact of Raiders is your whole leadership in the area of the genetic revolution and the prophetic implications. Uh, I think you were light years ahead of everyone and continue to be that way. And, so, and a pastor asked me about what did I see to be the, the one issue that was most likely showing that we were entering into the last days. And I said, hands down, it has to be that issue because it is, is accelerating so fast that God's hand, it almost looks like it will be forced. Uh, regardless of what happens politically, because we're opening Pandora's box and what it means to be a human, what it means to have a soul, then it'll be like the Tower of Babel all over again where, where God will say, if, if we don't do something now, nothing that they put their mind to do, they won't do. So I just well, want to commend you for that. I appreciate that. And, of course, you and I look at that from a uh, an Orthodox Christian conservative point of view where we're breaching the species barriers where it's an assault against the divine order but i but but the point is and i will make this point i hope uh as powerfully as i can at, at at the radio liberty conference in october that if you're not religious um what we're already finding through genetically modified crops ought to be an indicator that what we're going to be doing and are doing and genetically modifying humans and animals is opening a Pandora's box. I mean, we could literally be looking at a molecular biological nightmare that once it's out of the cage, you're not going to put it back in. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that we as humans are really the guinea pigs right now uh, by these monster corporations like Monsanto who are suppressing uh, independent studies that are showing what's happening to animals and lab rats and whatever through genetic modification um, we're living in a very extraordinary period of time right now, and it could be, and this brings it back, of course, to the way I look at the world, it could be very, very 
end times biblically prophetic. That's exactly right. Uh, j- just to sort of conclude on this, can you give us a, any quick hints, if you have any, on what the future is for Raiders? Is there any other surprises or new turns or something <laughs> special we should expect? There's so many veins of media you're involved with. But, but yeah, well, sometimes Raiders? Raiders even surprises me. I mean, <laughs> but, but well, look, we're going to stay on the same track we've been on. Okay. Um, of course, with changing technology, our publishing house, radio shows, and somewhat near future, the possibility of a television show, uh, probably at some point the reintroduction of our Anomalous magazine. Um, we have a lot of plans. We just plan to keep building on what's been working for us and to continue growing our reach at Raiders News Network to an ever-expanding international audience, if that's God's will. Mm-hmm. Well, um, going on to another venue of your of your ministry and your media, it appears that you have overhauled your your very unique publishing businesses recently to focus on a single embodiment now and a narrower focus that I understand you call the Defender Publishing Group. Can you explain why you did this and what the purpose and goals of it are? And maybe just a few of the most notable books you're most proud of that are coming out. Well, <clears throat> actually, uh, Tom and uh, Doctor Future. What we did was we divided the publishing house into two separate publishing houses so that the flagship publishing house hasn't changed. Anomalous Publishing is going to continue publishing mainstream Christian books like devotionals, novels, gift books, so on, Um, while the new side of our publishing house, the Defender Publishing Group, is going to be a standalone uh, publishing it, it, it might be viewed as a publishing arm of Anomalous, but it really isn't. Standalone has its own distribution through the same distribution company. Um, and I'm personally going to be very involved with that label and not really so much with Anomalous Publishing, which has already been turned over uh, in-house okay. to people that work for me to manage that. Now, I'm still the, I'm the figurehead. I'm the CEO mm-hmm. Um, but my personal time in the in, starting now, basically, and on into the future, is going to focus on the Defender Publishing Group because um, <clears throat> Defender is only going to publish what you and I might think of as edgy books. I mean, prophetic materials, prophecy books, political science, uh, science and discovery, theology, archaeology, crypto archaeology, all these areas where basically the kind of people you interview on a regular basis, um, it's those kind of books. Uh, And they ask me what kind of books we have coming out. Uh, Coming out this month, international uh, financial executive and former chief investment officer Wilfred Hahn. Do you know him? Uh, We've not had him on our show, but, yeah, we see see his work. I've seen documentaries and such. Well, I mean, he is eminently qualified, but we published this book, Global Financial Apocalypse Prophesied. It's actually scheduled to ship any time now. Um, it's an incredibly timely book. It unmasks basically what's going on financially and economically, this whole vortex in the world right now, uh, and also what lies ahead, specifically uh, what it represents to both Christians and Jews. Interestingly, Wilfred Hahn believes, like I do, that our economy is going to improve, that it's going to that it's going to temporarily stabilize, uh, and that towards the end of this year and into next year uh, will be some investment opportunities for certain uh, types of investments, uh, both real estate and gold, things like that. Um, but 
it's it's a it's a like a piece of rotten plyboard over the top of the cave entry. <laughs> in other words, uh, he believes the whole financial crisis is not the final one. This one's not the final one prophesied in, in scripture. Uh, what we're seeing right now is an accelerating process, and that much worse is just under the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, this book—I mean, it's—you don't want to read this book unless you're ready for reality, because it is a piercing perspective mm-hmm. into what's happening in terms of our fiat systems, our money, in the modern world, the rush towards uh, a global financial order, uh, and prophecy. Uh, he's not just, by the way a former chief investment officer, but he's a devout Christian. He believes in prophecy. And the interesting thing about this book is that he says we're rushing towards a destiny. And he writes this book so that um, the Christian can prevent becoming prey to the lethal devices of the rapidly approaching end times money snare. Um now, uh, well, I'll give you a couple of other ones really quick so we can right. move on. We're also right. publishing a book by Bill Rudge Ministries. I don't know if you've heard of him, but that's an international ministry. They've sent literally hundreds of thousands of their books into foreign countries. Uh, publishing a book by Bill on occultism in the modern church. Mm-hmm. Talk about dominionism. Wow. Um, another book by Keith Robinson on the origins of pyramidal structures around the world and the secret occult message yeah. contained inside Is this the them. same Keith Robinson who, writ, who wrote a, uh, a a fictional account book that we've had on our show, too? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's, yeah, and he's, he's an expert on intelligent design. Right. Um, he's a public school teacher. He gives lectures all over the place. But this book, this book really caught my attention. Okay. Um, Another book that we have actually with the editor right now, in fact, that you would be familiar with the authors, you may have even had them on your show in the past, is by David Ruffino and Joe Jordan of the CE4 Research mm-hmm. Group. Yes. And this book is on uh, so-called alien abduction. Mm-hmm. And the cure for it, guess what? Through Jesus' name. And i got to tell you, I'm, I'm so uh, proud to be publishing this book. It's called Unholy Communion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the book by what's his name Communion. One of one of the biggest uh, responses we've had to a show is when we had Joe Jordan on. Uh, it was a show that just moved tons of people, mm-hmm. and it was one that they were very proud of themselves, and they passed it on. And uh, we really stand behind their ministry. Of course, got to speak alongside them at the uh, Ancient of Days conference yes, this summer as well too. But you know, most of these books you, you you're talking about, I don't know if we'd be interested here because we're really more interested in positive affirmation. So. How do you? Live your best well, life now. Yeah, your best life now, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we yeah. like to think and feel good here. I don't live in harmony with a carrot. Yeah, we. No. <laughs> we, we, you know, we might take a nephilim now and then, you know, and and, and run it past here, but uh, it just. Yeah, sounds... well, look, I've already seen the side of your van, and I know that. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, it looks like we got a long lineup of guests. We need to traipse through the doors of Future Quake. Yeah. Uh, well, we uh, th- this this book by David Rufino and Joe Jordan, Unholy Communion. We're going to have it in print, by the way, before the Roswell conference next year. Are you going to be speaking there again next year? Well, I don't know if they'll have me back or not. Uh, I oh. think there's. Still going to put my talk there on the uh, on the DVDs that Guy Malone sends out, but uh, it's an honor to be with those gentlemen. Well, you yeah. ought to be offering that DVD through your radio show too. Well, if they would release it, I think they're still processing still it or something it. like that. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, um, everybody's waiting on it. 
anyway, that well, this book by these guys, I mean, it's unprecedented. And it's unprecedented because of the way they approached it. It's analytical duplication. Mm-hmm. Um, really, over the past two decades, their team, that group there, um, they've been using guidelines for redundancy. This is what I like about it, right. because it's methods that are similar to what a scientist or an investigator would use to illustrate repeatability. You're a scientist. You're a physicist, so you understand that. Right. you you, you got to be able to show cause and effect and more than once, over and over. It's got to be peer-reviewed. Right. Um, and what I love about this book is that they, they, they the book is based on the documentation of more than 300 actual test cases mm-hmm. in which experiencers, uh, as they're called in alien abduction, have witnessed their abuse being permanently stopped due, well, in essence, their unknown cures, their malady stopped to what most in the public are going to find to be shocking or disturbing, what your mm-hmm. radio listeners are going to find to be a con- confirmation of faith, and that is through the power of Jesus' name. And as far as I know, there has never been a study or a book like this before, where you have 300 cases that over a patient long period of time have proved through uh, repeatability, through redundancy, a cause and effect that provides the first ever, as far as I know, systematic approach through repeat verification that there is a connection that exists between so-called alien abduction, the supernatural, and deliverance from alien abduction through Jesus Christ as Savior. Isn't that fantastic? Well, it so, sounds like a fascinating book. And it sounds like they have statistical significance in what they're showing. And I'm assuming since Joe Jordan used to be involved with MUFON, where they, they try their best to apply statistical, scientific means to their studies, uh, I know he's held himself to the same standard and, and it showed by using actual standards like this that it can verify and reinforce their positions. And, of course, it caused a near riot two years ago at the UFO yep. Festival uh, when he presented this information. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get um, affirmations of the spiritual connection to what they're called this UFO phenomena from all sorts of directions. You know, people like Nick Redfern have, have told mm-hmm. me to the side that even military members have told him, and, and I don't know him to be a Christian or, or sympathetic to him. He's not. But that, uh, that military members have told him that they have agreed that it's a demonic event, and experiencers have said they've been approached by government officials asking if Jesus was talked about or where they talked about end times or things like this. You know, we've had people like Linda Moulton Howe on our show bringing up these things, and even some people she alludes to that are Christians and involved in the UFO field that have had government people come to them and actually show that there are experiments or connections with people on this side that the lines blur between occult activities on the other side and the UFO phenomenon. So I think the overwhelming evidence we see from all sorts of directions reinforces uh, what they see in their particular segment of what's going yeah. on. Uh, it sounds like it's a, a fascinating uh, list of books you got coming up, and uh, we'll keep the door open. We need to put a revolving door from Defender Books and Futurequake. So uh, when people bring their book manuscript in, they'll just head straight over to Futurequake here because this is the kind of, yeah. material, we're, <laughs> kind of material we're looking for. I, 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 that's I, what I, I, think God, I think that's God's will. Well, you know, it's exciting <laughs> to hear that that you've got this new radio venture, like you didn't have enough going on already, called, yep. I believe it's called Raiders Live, a news talk radio. 
Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, at the date of this recording, uh, you're just a couple of days out from the, the first debut, which will actually begin on September 10th at 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time, correct? Right. Um, what does this radio project comprise, and, and how will it function? Well, you know, keep in mind that we're starting with a kind of deluxe blog talk format, um, just meaning basically shows will be live. Uh, there's going to be a live chat room where people can enter their questions via the chat room. Um, we we have three live hosts, plus we have somebody monitoring the chat room, and uh, there is also a call-in number. But right now, we're not going to be able to. We're not. Well, we are able, but we're not going to take in. Uh, live calls because we don't want to have to deal right now with somebody uh, screening the calls. Um, but anyway, we're starting this way um, to perfect our format. Um, I have all this extraordinary talent around me, and I need to be able to perfect the kind of format that we're going to use to begin expanding later this year and next year into AM stations across the nation. Um, but meanwhile, I mean, we're going to have a full entertainment agenda. It, it is talk format, but it's not just that, meaning that people who tune in, they're going to hear regular news talk. They're going to hear interviews and commentary, but they're also going to hear original music. They're going to hear parody. Um, I, I, people just need to tune in starting this Thursday. Well, let, uh, let me 10th. let me ask you. Uh, I, I assume you're just going to focus mostly on what recipes or Hollywood gossip things like that. <laughs> is, that is that the content of Raiders? <laughs> yeah, uh, recipes, Alan, as in how the Watchers recipied humans with animals. Now that's my and created kind of, the Nephilim. That's my kind of cooking show, right <laughs> there. <laughs> Barbecued Nephilim coming this weekend. No, it's you know, look. Yeah, people are just going to have to go there in order to get it. And I do appreciate you because you're a radio host, you know, inviting me on your show to talk about our new radio program. Of course, we're going to have you on uh, a week from this Thursday um, talking about your contributions to a new book that you wrote and some of the stuff you were talking about recently on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And uh, but if people want to find out about the Raiders Live News Talk Radio, they can just go to RaidersNewsNetwork.com and uh, look at the left navigation bar. Pull it down a little ways, they'll see it. Click on the link there. And starting this Thursday, September 10, uh, we go live. Uh, and if all goes well, then we'll begin live broadcasting the show. And that's our plan. Um, did you know that we are booked up right now? We have a two-hour show with a different guest each hour. And we are booked up through the end of January next year already. Is that wow. right? Well, now, what if what if the rapture or something else serious happens between now and then? Then they're on their own. Subject to change <laughs> at that point. Well, Yeah, they can have it. Then I'm gone. Well, you need to really thank us at Future Quake because uh, many of our listeners will probably look forward to a professional radio show that comes on <laughs> that actually is organized and knows what they're doing. But you know we're we're just like John the Baptist. You know we you must increase and we must decrease. So we are heralding the advent of uh, 
of Raiders Talk Live, and we just cannot wait to see uh, what you're going to do with it. Um, any other hints? You know what's going to happen, Mike? It's not you increase, we increase. I'm not, uh, you know, you're not John the Baptist, and I definitely am not Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, we, we're we in this thing together, and Amen. basically Amen. I think yeah. what I hear the Lord saying is we all must increase right now. That's right. Because that's the right. world needs what we're doing. No, that's exactly right, and that's why we're we're so excited. And in fact, um, we the the rate uh, the Revelations Radio Network. We have a listing of probably close to 20 shows uh, that are on there, and uh, we had our first regularly scheduled prayer time recently, uh, where we get together and pray uh, that we would stay close to the Lord, stay on track of what He calls us to do, that there'd be unity in our midst, uh, that we pray that we'd actually accomplish fruit for the kingdom in all of our radio shows. And one of our main things we prayed about was an advance for your radio program. Mm -hmm. We were all in agreement uh, in air together, all of these different Christian radio programmers praying because we know God is going to do special things for your show. Well, I tell you what, that's very humbling. So we've taken it before the Lord. So we will continue to do that. And uh, like I say, we're we're not like the Gentiles that lorded over each other. We're all uh, doing different parts of the battlefield together. We're working together. We're collaborating on the same mission. And we're just really exciting to the new level that you're going to raise up and take all of us to uh, with the new radio show that's coming up. <laughs> I have to ask you, uh, because, you know, you've had a background in radio. You, 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 At any time, you could have been involved in this. And I know at various times you just said, look, things are too busy right now, other things going on. What made you decide that now in particular is the time to get back into the radio world? You know, it's so interesting. I mean, it really is just a matter of timing. Um, I did have, a, but when I had a, I had a, a radio show years ago. In fact, the church I pastored was also the um, location for Trinity Broadcasting Network's West Coast um, television production. So there was a time where I was very involved. But look, this was back when reel to reel was the front, you know, the cutting edge of technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Everything's so much different now, and over over time, you know, I've had different hours offered to me from uh, different radio shows. Uh, I have co-hosted other radio uh, shows that are still active, like Dr. Monteith's radio show right. and, and and like that. But um, and and uh, and I've had offers to take over certain radio shows where the hosts were retiring. But the timing was never right until now, and. Now, for whatever reason, I mean, we moved from the West Coast, our entire operations, we got here, and and I've just felt in my spirit that we need to start out slow. I mean, in other words, we need to start out in such a way that we can really perfect our approach to doing talk radio because it is going to be different, um, and there is a lot of production uh, level on the side of what we're doing, and so I need people to be able to produce parodies. I need them to be able to produce original music. I need them to be able to produce uh, commercials. Um, so there's a lot that we're doing, uh, but I think that we have a lot to say, and it just makes sense now to extend Raiders News Network to this form of media outlet. Plus, by the way, uh, the visitors to Raiders News Network have been co- constantly asking us to do this uh, over the last decade. You know, we did a test show uh, just before we left Oregon um, to come here to the Midwest. And that, that we did one test show, put it up as a podcast, linked it to the front of Raiders News Network, 
that show was downloaded 80,000 times in 10 days. <laughs> and and we had two AM stations that contacted us out of the blue because they thought we were going to bring a regular weekly show that wanted to start rebroadcasting our shows. Um, and and then, of course, we shut it down and moved here. And since we've been here, we've been rebuilding everything. And, and now we're finally ready to go. And we've seen the need um, for us to do this and maybe more importantly the public desire for us to do this. And, and we just hope we're up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's another matter we'll be keeping in prayer, but uh, it's very interesting, again, that you find now is the right time and the place for this. So you feel like it has a critical role in being a unique way to deliver information to people that cannot be completely covered by your other aspects of your media. It, it, yeah, well, plus I like doing radio, and okay. uh, and frankly, I like being a host better than I like being a guest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've recently been on the other side of the chair as well, too, and I recognize the challenges that, that are there as well. But uh, it, it certainly is a pleasure having you as a guest, whether you enjoy it or not. Uh, we always look forward when we having you on. Um, well, I love being on your show, and, and you should know, uh, Mike and I and Tom, and I mean this honestly, um, I, I honestly, I mean, I turn down radio invitations almost every day, and I don't care who they are because I don't have time. And that's not an arrogant statement. I just honestly don't have time to do it. But any time you contact me, I always try to figure out a way that I can get this done because I believe in you guys, and I believe in what you're doing, and I believe that your audience and your message and your approach and your spirit is absolutely part of the camp that I want to be part of. Wow, that is an incredible wow. compliment. Thank you. We feel the same way, too, yeah. and we've been very vocal with our listeners, the mentorship role that you played over us, and I know that's why you carve out and sacrifice time to be with us here uh, because you were very active in your mentorship over us and many others uh, that I know that are attempting to do the same thing, and, and this is just something I think the Lord's called you to do. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, he must increase... But I must de decrease bionic. Mm. Well, I've been told I should decrease like the whole history of the show. <laughs> but uh, it was great to hear, Brother Tom. We we t we touched a lot of topics in this segment. We wrapped up our discussion of Raiders News Network, and then talked a little bit about his book publishing empire, and uh, now radio, the multimedia giant. I sort of see him like the Sir Richard Branson of alternative Christian media. Yeah, except he's only, not jumping out of planes and right, but and only more ship. ambitious in yeah. his breadth than Sir Richard yeah. Branson. Well, I don't know about the wealth kind of thing. Well, as soon as Tom call. Tom gets an island, I mean, I think we're yeah. really it'll be obvious. Yeah, it'd be full of nephilim and chimeras. I'm <laughs> guessing. Uh, it, we we talked about a number of things, but uh, the the big thing to know if you haven't been to Raiders News Network, which shame on you, you should be there every day is the fact that this new radio thing is starting, mm -hmm. and that will be every Thursday at 7. So uh, that's going to be a great show to uh, catch. I'll be there. I'm, as far as I'm, if I'm by a computer, I'll be tuning in. Wow. That's and, cool. Uh, I think I will be, too. Probably asking some crazy questions yep. that they have to screen out. Yeah, well, that guy I know, Lom Rionic, might show up. Oh, Lom Rionic's my favorite. I yeah. hope Lom Rionic. He's, he's something else. Yeah, the the World of Prophecy Board, they've been missing seeing Lom Rionic for some time. Yeah, he might have to make an appearance. We'll see. Yeah, okay. Any other thoughts you had about uh, what we discussed today? Well, it's very interesting that he's dividing. He's, I don't know how long his publishing house has been going, but I don't think it's been that long. Uh, it's interesting that he's it's so successful that now he's sort of dividing it because it's like yeah and and, and it has been successful and in fact some people said hey we'd like to take this part over and he has a, a special calling I believe for the defender group and mm -hmm. 
the kind of books that are really what captures his heart yeah. and mind. Indeed. And that's just the beginning. We've got a lot more to come. Uh, speaking of someone who could come is our friend Merv who could tell you how to contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, it's into the line. I'm done. Come back tomorrow, third installment with uh, Tom Horn. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom. He must inc- Oh, I already used that one. Bionic. Hey, I like that. <laughs> I already used that one. That's a good middle name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you here again. Uh, in time for our third installment this week with uh, Tom Horn, the founder and director of Raiders News Update and Defender Publishing Group, mm-hmm. talking about new discoveries in prophetic research in America's destiny and the resultant need for independent Christian media. Mm-hmm. We need to go because we don't have much time today. Let's just get right on it. Lots of info. So no further ado, here is Tom Horn. We'll be back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Uh, to switch gears here, um, what gave you the idea to do the unique 20-author all-star approach to the <laughs> new book that has just come out that you published called How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century? What, what gave you the idea to do something unique like that? You know, um, it, it, what gave me the idea for this new How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century book is the need that I felt to offer hope to people. I mean, you know, at what is without question one of the most unprecedented times in history when the world's facing, you know, so many different kinds of uh, frightening, unsettling, destabilizing issues. You got the growing threat of terrorism, weapons of mass destruction in the hands of zealots, um, pandemics, emerging diseases that are looming, the dollar is devalued. You got foreign markets looking for new forms of global currency. There was a news report today that we linked at Raiders News Network on the United Nations looking for a new form of global currency. On the other hand, nanotechnology, biotechnology, different fields of emerging science that on the one hand hold the promise of hope, but there's also a great deal of peril even according to the scientists that are working in those fields like nanotechnology. And then you've got new philosophy uh, that's expanding in our universities that includes transhuman dreams of redefining what it means to be humans. Um, you've got threats against personal liberties, threats against food, threats against fuels. Um, you, cults witnessing unprecedented growth, while on the other hand, Christians around the world suffering ever-increasing persecution. I mean, there's, there's never before in the history of the world uh, and I was in ministry for 30 years and 25 as a pastor, and I never seen a time 
where people are surrounded on every side by so many fear-inspiring issues. So um, over a year ago, I got to thinking about this. What can we do to offer people hope? And I began contacting experts in various fields of science, politics, warfare, finance, uh, ethics, theology, prophecy, asking these people that if my publishing house would foot the bill, would they be interested from their various fields of scholarship in contributing a chapter that would basically follow a, a, a very simple format? Number one, name what the problem or the threat is. And number two, tell people what they can do to deal with it, to overcome it, so that not only would people be aware of the issues, but they'd know how to survive these unsettling issues, and not just survive them, but thrive in spite of them till the Lord should come. So how to overcome the most frightening issues you will face this century is really the outgrowth of that effort. Uh, and I'm, and I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm really proud. Um, I, I surveyed what I thought was the 20 most difficult issues people might face this century or would, and then I went and found the experts who were eminently qualified in their fields to be able to address this simple procedure. Now you found, you, you found 19 of them, right? Uh, well, no, I found 20, <laughs> and then I had a problem with one of them, um, mm -hmm which I had to take out of the book. And so when I took him out of the book, I wound up writing the last chapter myself. Oh, but, I, by, but, by 19, I thought you were referring to me, because I, I, <laughs> I know the other no, no, 19 no. finalists are skillful in their area. No, but I, I, I figured, your, I figured your, you ran out at 19, and you just had a, a general open slot there you had to fill in. Look, you're so humble, but your audience needs to know that you do have a Ph.D. You're an inventor. There's military around the world using things that you've invented. You're a lot smarter than I am. You contributed a chapter to this book. Chapter 12 is called Food and Fuel Shortages. You are a Ph.D., and I was, and when I came to you, I was very, very sincere. And you should know, because enough people know me well enough to know, that if I didn't think you were qualified, I would have never asked you to do it. Mm -hmm. You were qualified, and your chapter is one of the standout chapters in this book. I mean, it's very, very well done, very well written, and very helpful. And that's the thing that I really wanted this book to do. Not just tell, you know, not just tell people what an issue might be, but how can you effectively deal with it without having to spend your life savings? How, how can you use simple procedures, simple decisions, things that are either free or cost very little to be able to prepare? for a particular issue. And I know that there are some people that are going to pick up this book. And what's nice about this book is that even though it's 480 pages, it's got charts, it's got contact information, follow-up materials, references, so people can learn more. I mean, it is a really, really well-done book. But, you know, when people think of a 480-page book, typically they think, wow, that's too big for me to read. Well, the nice thing about this book is it is that they don't have to read every every chapter is its own standalone mini book. Right, that's right. So that they get it in the parts that apply to them, the parts that they're interested in, they can go and there they've got it. Handy resources, references, material, what they can do about it. I just can't even tell you how proud I am of how this book turned out, and and it's the only one of its kind that I know of that addresses these pertinent issues and that offers people life-saving, practical. Uh, information. Every household ought to have a copy of this book 
how to overcome the most frightening issues you will face this century. And can't people get a copy of this book from you? Well, I was just going to mention, if you go to futurequake.com after much much prodding, not only from you but from our listeners who, who have been asking for a long time that we provide a conduit for them to get a hold of some of the books that have been affiliated with our guest or our discussion topics on our show, uh, we just opened. Uh, Mrs. Future and I worked on this and got a... Uh, a little very primitive store up there, but it is open for business, and you can order books Yay. right now. The books are on the way, I understand, and they'll be soon heading out of here and directly on to the people who have already ordered. Uh, we've already had some uh, some inaugural orders already that are going through the door. And I always tell our, our listeners that even if you're not interested in the contents, at, at close to 500 pages, even if you burn you know the pages out of it, you'll get a lot of energy supply. For probably a good well, six months, you know. Listen, of, hold uh, up. Th this book, this rep, this book represents decades of collective scholarship by twenty different, or nineteen, as it turns out, nineteen different, but twenty different chapters, um, scholars in their own right. Um, it is a it is a warehouse, a plethora. I love that term of um, of information that can help people. And normally a book, 480 pages, people would be paying $30 for this book. You know, it, it retail, we put it out intentionally at 15.95. You can sell it for less than that or whatever you're going to be selling it for. But I would really want to encourage your audience to go to futurequake.com, go to the store, buy that book, because this book could literally save their life and in the not too distant future. That's exactly right. And the other reason why is that we have already ordered the future Quake Learjet will be taking delivery of it a week based on sales of this book. And so we really need that to make the first payments on it. Yeah. Because we Otherwise saw, and that's we can go to Aspen to do our future ski trip. That's right. And that's where the ministries turn the corner with yeah. that. No, seriously, uh, we, we appreciate you providing the venue. Uh, for us to do this and for the opportunity to participate in it. And I have to warn you, Brother Tom, um, this really uh, fed the bug that I had to write. And uh, if I can get a little break here in the midst of doing the Future Quake show, it just keeps us quite busy. But but I'd like to do much more in the area, whether people want to read it or not. So I want to thank you well, for the well, opportunity. Well, I know a publisher like that might be real interested. Well, if you can put me in touch with them, I'd certainly appreciate that very much because – I have enough strange things to talk about that I need a, a publisher that's willing to go into the frontiers of Christian thought. You might, you know, I may that. come right to your door on the Lear Hunnam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just fly the, the Raiders, uh, Lear, up and we can meet up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, what, what kind of feedback and reviews? I know this book is just coming out, but I don't know if people have got some advanced copies. Uh, have you any, had any kind of feedback yet, or is it too early uh, to see what people thought about the book, having uh, perused it already or have reviewed some portion of it? Well, uh, we're just receiving print copies, actually, to send to reviewers this week. They're supposed to ship today, actually, uh, from the printer, so we haven't even started that process. Um, however, we have already had... Well, for instance, you were on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie because they thought it was important enough to talk with you about uh, the, the, uh, this book and your chapter in this book and some other issues. And, we, and by the way, we expect to have you and some others back on uh, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie again. I talked to Lisa Lyons, the producer, today, and I think there's a very good chance that we're going to get Chris Pinto, who also contributed a chapter uh, to this book, and Shane Connor, who also contributed a chapter to this book, Wow. on uh, Coast to Coast AM during the month of September. Um, and also, WorldNet Daily, the number one Christian news 
uh, news source on the Internet, uh, they ran a feature article last week featuring this book and some of the people that participated in writing it. So, um, And it's not even in print yet. So what we've seen so far leads us to believe that, uh, I mean, the public is going to be very interested in and very aware of this very important book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century. Um, and I'm glad to know that people can get a copy of that book at futurequake.com. Is your store, is it linked like right on the front page? Right on the front page. You can go right Good. to it, and uh, we appreciate everybody going there and getting a copy and supporting your ministry as well as ours uh, by doing that. Uh, and we're, we're also very tickled that uh, you've got people like Chris Pinto, who's one of our favorites here, uh, and giving him a prominent role. I'm just so glad to see you all collaborating together on some projects. I know you're, you're, real, great, you're real keen on him. He's, he's an active even member in our local uh, church fellowship as well here, too. Uh, we, we, we do have a feather in our cap, uh, Brother Tom and I, because we, we star in uh, the dramatizations in his new documentary coming out called <laughs> yeah. Lamp in the Dark. Yeah. Which uh, should be coming out in a matter of a couple of weeks. Don't you like, like, aren't you in a sword fight or you chop somebody's head off or something? Yeah, we, we actually burn at the stake. One of our other future <laughs> quake guests, Robert Hyde, oh, who, no. who plays William Tyndall, and uh, have an opportunity to do some excommunicating of some famous people. <laughs> Bell Book uh, and Candle. What yeah, Bell Book and Candle ceremony. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's. I look good in chain mail. What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're, you're all in for a real treat when uh, you see us coming up on, on his new, uh, movie Lamp in the Dark coming out. Yep. Uh, uh, I look forward to it. Well, let me ask you, do you think that this book, and, and I've seen it everywhere, I've seen it all the major places on the web already are carrying this book, as well as a new book that uh, you are recently uh, getting ready for publication yourself, that you've authored yourself. Um, from these books, do you think it's going to pull in a new audience to what what we call here the field of alternative Christian media and what we're doing and what other kind of impact do you think they will have? I mean, are, are these products turning the corner of another stage of, of impact? Well, look, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. Um, we're, we've been trying to make sure that that's the case. And I believe that what's going on in the world today, that we've been given this unprecedented opportunity to reach beyond the church doors. And... Um, even the alternative media doors in some cases, and to speak to the world on a variety of issues. With the year um, 2012 approaching, what looks like the unfolding of end-times prophetic events, the call by the U.S. government and governments around the world for a new world order and a new world currency, um, changes to weather patterns, earth changes. People around the world right now who typically would not look to even alternative media, and certainly not to the church for answers, are coming to us now for answers to what's happening, uh, or what appears soon will be happening. Um, for instance, the, the History Channel, they just finished interviewing a series of our authors for a special nine-part series on end times prophecy that they're going to be begin broadcasting at the end of this year. So we've been given this fantastic uh, opportunity to impact the world in a way that not only raises the issues of ancient prophecy and modern events, but that points people in the direction of Jesus Christ, who is the answer for what's coming. Well, and I'll have mm. just to say, and this is my personal opinion, 
that even a lot of your mainstream Christian ministries, even ones in the prophecy area, usually go down a few well-worn paths, and they don't deviate from those paths, and they've built up a large following and a large consensus. But what you and others, other like-minded people in, in our circles here in alternative Christian media, go down other paths and other directions that are largely ignored. And if if what we see locally is any indication, I know even in our own church fellowship, there's a good number of people who would look at us rather quizzically, you know, a number of months ago or years ago when Brother Tom and I would talk about some of the topics we talk about on our show. But as the months and years have gone by, they have changed their tune. And now they largely see the wisdom and they've seen that, that times and history is played out consistent with these kind of topics that you cover on Raiders News Network or what you discuss in your books that you have and things. Speaking of your new book uh, that we've been referring to here, Apollyon Rising 2012, uh, which I'm almost afraid to ask you about because uh, even while we've been trying to conduct this interview with you, Brother Tom, we have had some bizarre interruptions in what's going on. I, I feel like this is a Steve Quayle uh, show or something. <laughs> I think he's one of the few that has uh, the kind of things that have happened, what we've happened on this show here. So uh, it, it may just be equipment issues or something unrelated, but... One thing we do know from the material that you've led on on Raiders News Network related to your new book, again, Apollyon Rising 2012, you're digging into some issues that are cutting very close to home uh, within our political figures, even within religious figures, a whole host of institutions. And uh, once the whole information's out on the street, I know what's been released so far has already caused some other institutions to try to block this information even before your book's out. So you know, speaking of this new book, and if you could maybe elaborate on some of those issues, we'd like to know about it. What was the unique way to start off with that you were inspired to write this book and, You know, after you sort of got the missing links together that, that, again, caused you to want to put it together on paper? Well, you know, it was, it was really it was kind of the most extraordinary thing. Um, I had been thinking about different issues, thinking about different images over a long period of time, even as far back as decades ago when I was pastoring. There was information in front of me, like a puzzle. I couldn't quite put it together. Um, I woke up suddenly, 2 o'clock in the morning, about a year and a half ago, something like that, um, and sat straight up in bed when all of a sudden all of these puzzles seemed to come together for me. And uh, specifically, Tom and, and Mike, uh, Dr. Future, um, involving for instance, the great seal of the United States of America. And, but not just that, other pieces of iconic American history. And, and, and what grew out of all of that was confirmation um, that my naivety, my blind acceptance for so many years, especially of different um, or specific controlled versions of American history, had been keeping me in the dark. I mean, I was literally blinded from the actual course mm -hmm. that a network of hidden powers had intended to set our nation upon more than 200 years ago. And, and Dr. Future and Tom, I would want to say in the very beginning that I believe it's true that many of the, or at least some, of the founding fathers and large numbers of the families and patriots that landed at Plymouth Rock and that settled this country, the United States, were Christians. Right. 
and mm-hmm. I and I and I wouldn't want anybody listening to this interview to think that I believe otherwise. Additionally, I'd even go a step further and say that I think there's a lot of Masons, um, 32nd degree Masons and lower, that they have no interest whatsoever in any kind of an occult plan. <laughs> right. But it's also honest. And really it does take bravery to acknowledge and to accept what even Freemasons like Manly P. Hall and others mm-hmm. admitted. Albert Pike. Yeah, was the unseen hand of the Order of the Quest in American history, having to do with the secret destiny of America and the Rosicrucian dream of Francis Bacon for the new Atlantis. And if you've had Chris Pinto on your program, your audience is very familiar with this. I mean, you know, this officially started in 1776, but it was set in motion long before that. And that now, possibly has brought America and the world to Ordo Ab Chaos, the ancient craft Masonic doctrine of order out of chaos for the express purpose of establishing a new world order. Mm-hmm. And for me, this issue is, of course, also prophetic. As a pastor for 25 years, I, you know, I have to admit, I had accumulated this interest in the role that the secret orders might have played in the final, towards the final world order. I had all this information in front of me. Um, but it, but the, but the side of it that interested me was how it mirrored the rise of the Antichrist and related biblical eschatology. Um, but, for the most part, my interest years ago in any of this illuminated satanic orders, I mean, it was really just cursory at best. But then what happened during the Bush administration? And by the way, I voted for George Bush, and I tongue-in-cheek tell audiences today that I have since asked God to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but, it, but it was during those administrations that something happened, certain pieces of the puzzle started rapidly falling into place. And it seemed to me it had to be more than a coincidence once I got past too many coincidences. I'm talking about world affairs, uh, changes to U.S. domestic and foreign policy, this renewed focus on the Middle East, Israel, Iran, Iraq, Babylon. And now, under the Obama administration, what could be the engineered collapse of the global economy and everything else that's been cascading of the world seen the last decade, it seemed to me that when I reflected on all these developments and, and, and took them and then weighed them against the words and the deeds and the gestures, the coded language of the world's most powerful men, that I was clearly looking at an ancient, prophetic, cryptic reality that, that caused me to jump out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, start writing down notes, and people need to know that over a six-month period, I accumulated more than 6,000 pages of documents. Uh, some, well, most actually that were not mine, representing over 30 years of research, over a dozen interviews over an 18-month period with experts in, field of, in fields of history, cryptography, semiosis, uh, linguistics, eschatology, political science, occult politics, science, philosophy. I, I, I traveled to um, more, almost nearly half of the states in the Union. 
I met with experts, including at Washington, D.C., at the House of the Temple, the the, the the headquarters for the 33rd degree Scottish Rite Freemasonry. I met with different people. Um, one of the women whom I have known for years, I'm not going to tell you her name, but uh, she is a political lobbyist. She pulled a couple of strings through a congressman, got me the opportunity to meet with a couple of 33rd degree Freemasons at the House of the Temple. What I found was what has gone into this book, and I believe that what we've done is not just unprecedented but shocking and very disturbing on different levels. And it is people are going to find this to be very extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Apollyon Rising 2012. So they're not going to look at the world the same way after they read this book as they did before? No, I don't think that they can. Okay. Uh, some some of the institutions and others, they had a certain view, maybe somewhat positively, for example, they may have a big change or turn or be confronted with some facts that are going to cause them to have to reassess some things, correct? Well, look, just so you know where I'm going with this research, and it's going to be fantastically revealed, graphically illustrated in this new book, Apollyon Rising 2012. We'll hope to have it in print, by the way, um, early copies by no, the later part of November, and officially in print by December. Um, for the first time, we're, we are going to unveil the most startling truth behind the clandestine society that helped frame the United States and placed upon the great seal of the United States a prophetic cipher that points to a secret doctrine that is finally going to be understood. Dr. Stanley Monteith wrote the introduction to this book, Chris Pinto wrote uh, part of the introduction of this book, we have decoded this cipher. It literally reveals who the who, uh, who, what the who, what, when, and where of the secret de- destiny of America is. And again, let me emphasize that, I mean, this is not a rehash of what even the best researchers of the Illuminati and veiled fraternities like the Freemasons have written in the past. This works unprecedented, and I think it's going to literally convincingly unveil the power that's at work behind global affairs and why current planetary powers are quickly right now aligning for a new world order from chaos. We're going to reveal not only what is coming, but when. By the way, the final version of this book, has two most important sections that nobody, not even those of you, Dr. Future, who received the right. confidential early draft, have seen. Mm-hmm. The final version wow. contains the lost symbol that Dan Brown wasn't able to find and that solves the most spectacular riddle in history. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, interested in 2012 and... The Associated Apollyon Rising book, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he dangled there at the end of the show a few little tidbits about 2012 and some other yeah. American cultures. I hadn't heard that yet. Well, I've read I've read at least, well, I, I haven't got the last two weeks, but I've read most of the stuff he's posted on his blog. Yeah? Yeah, Defender okay. Publishing, defenderpublishing.blogspot.com, mm-hmm. maybe something like that. You know, uh, David Flynn says if you take a measurement from the old ancient intersection of the old prime meridian and the equator, mm-hmm. measure it nautical miles directly to the Roswell crash site, mm-hmm. it's 2,012.9 miles. Wow. That's At 19.47 degrees. 
at latitude 33.3, longitude pi times 33.3. Really? Yes. Whoa. And it's the same angle as the debris field. Well, speaking of a debris field, let's bring yeah. Merv in. Yeah, let's bring in our debris here. Uh, Merv, would you tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, thanks for catching that one. I'm here Anything? for you. Anything? Uh, I, I really, yeah. lots, but let's, let's save we, it for tomorrow. we got to go. Tomorrow's our last segment. Till then, we hope your future's always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. No middle name? Uh, I kind of ran. I used the last one last uh, yesterday. Taking a breather? Yeah. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is our fourth installment coming up and our last installment with Tom Horn, the founder and director of Raiders News Update and Defender Publishing Group. And we're talking about new discoveries and prophetic research in America's destiny and the resultant need for independent Christian media. And uh, it's been a great discussion with him. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy these last few tidbits of mm-hmm. discussion that we have. And so with no further ado, here's Brother Tom, and we'll be right, right back with our final wrap-up here on Future Quake. And I'll let your audience be the first to learn that we're, we are so convinced of what we're doing that we're launching a Grand National Cipher Challenge starting November 1, where uh, each week on Monday, a new clue is going to be offered to solve this riddle on GrandNationalChallenge.com. And the winner is going to receive $10,000 in cash, but something even more important, a very rare item that dates back almost 200 years ago to a very important time in the, during the Founding Fathers' establishment of this country and this government. It was a pivotal year in which our government actually changed constitutional law and 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 we are going to give this away free i don't even know i i I ought to go and have it valued i've done some of my own research where i've seen that this item at at times can sell for very very large numbers of money but we're going to give it away we're going to give it away in ten thousand dollars cash to the person that solves a series of 11 clues Hmm. um and I'm telling you all this, by the way, to say it would be great if churches or youth groups or other groups in churches would take this challenge, solve the clues, and receive this money and the item because we would love to give it to them. Well, I think the Future Quake team, I just thought maybe we'll get David Flynn and call him up on our team. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Peter, good game. Yeah. We'll get some, we get a team of expertizer, good game. Yeah. Well, they're quoted in the book, but even they don't know. Ooh. Even they have not received um, what's going to be in the final version of the book. 
You're really throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, no. I can see a collective future. Well, it's my money. Money. <laughs> remember that old remember that old game show Win Ben Stein's Money? That's yeah. right. That's this right. Is it. This is Tom Horn. <laughs> Take my ten thousand dollars and this other item that I could sell for more than that, I'm gonna give it to you. Solve the riddle. And and I'm doing it this way because I want this thing to get international exposure because I believe that the message is important enough to do it the way that we're doing it. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be looking forward to reporting it here and letting people know what they find out as they uh, as they go through this information. Uh, but the key is people need to get the book, Apollyon Rising 2012. We'll be sure and promote it when it's uh, officially in print and available. And uh, maybe if you don't mind, have it available at our place as well too. Sure. Uh, we would certainly like to uh, to promote it very strong. What do you think that people could do constructively with, with the information you have in the book? It's one thing to, to know the full breadth of what's going on. And, and in a related area, we, we emphasize frequently the, the, the teaching in Revelation 18 here, that the kings of the earth and that the great merchants of the earth, it says they conspire together and that they use sorcery or pharmacia and drugs and other means by which to deceive the nations of the earth. And we find that teaching right out of Revelation 18 comprises a large part of the stories we cover in Future Quake. But in, in this and the teachings that you do, the, the challenge I always find is to take this information and be able to show people what, what can they do constructively with this knowledge. Will they find some, some ways that they can actually put this to use to either protect or warn others or their family or to take other prudent steps as a result? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm hoping that, that several constructive things are going to happen as a result of this book. Um, for instance, I hope that Christians will be able to add to their knowledge of history and the role that invisible agents play, both good and evil. Uh, furthermore, I'm hoping that through gaining the knowledge that they will get from Apollyon Rising 2012, they'll be able to help other people wake up from slumber and be vigilant because the, the days could be drawing towards an end times scenario. Mm -hmm. And this book, I think, is a piece of equipment that can very much help them in preparation of that. Um, people will also be able to use this book as a witnessing tool. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's telling me that has reviewed it. I sent it to 25 private people. You were one of them. Everybody's telling me that, that, that has reviewed this book and that has responded, that it has the potential to cross over to a large secular audience. And I'm really hoping that that's true. I wrote it in such a way that it would because ultimately it brings you to Christ. And so I'm hoping that it's a powerful witnessing tool. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I would also say that believers alone should be encouraged that the coming of Jesus Christ is at hand. There was a time in the church where the idea of the coming of Christ was a positive thing. It was our, we called it our blessed hope. That was right. our official tag in doctrine, you know. And for some bizarre reason, nowadays a lot of people think that the end times is a negative thing. But the church never used to think of it that way. You know, when you were living through mm -hmm. the grapes of wrath, Great Depression, the idea that Christ could come <laughs> right. as your redemption was a very positive thing. Um, and then finally I would say that I hope that believers will be able to put, uh, in this book, be able to put the year 2012 in perspective, because they're going to learn that the year 2012 isn't just related to the Maya. The Maya are the most well-known, but the truth is occult groups around the world, modern groups and ancient groups, fixed this date, 2012, 
as being extremely important. Mm -hmm. For for instance, and 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 this isn't even in the version that you have, but in the final version, people are going to be amazed to learn that the Cherokee Indians also prophesied in the 1800s that the world would end in 2012 with the return of the galactic feathered rattlesnake. It's <laughs> um, like Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl, yeah. yeah. They, they're going to learn that Orthodox Jews over 700 years ago in the Zohar prophesied that their Messiah, now since they rejected Jesus, we're talking about the Antichrist, right? Mm -hmm. They prophesied that their Messiah would appear in the year 2012. 700 years ago in the Zohar. Um, they're going to be amazed to learn that this year, 2012, is encoded on the Masonically designed Great Seal of the United States. And what the complete symbolism of that seal predicts is going to happen that year. Um, now, you know, more about that I'm not going to say at this moment, but suffice it to say that I'm hoping this book, it's a book that's, it's a book unlike has ever been written. I really believe, and I know that it's unprecedented, because I've been a researcher all of my life. And that's what, <coughs> excuse me, that's why I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hopefully you can edit that out. <laughs> but um, um, all of these issues are in the news, and I'm hoping this can be an incredible tool for believers to use on different levels to offer truth to a generation that's desperately looking for answers to some of the world's most intriguing questions. And the final chapter of this book is a little bit kind of like uh, how to overcome the most right. uh, frightening issues you will face this century and mm -hmm. that it deals with very practical things that people can do between now and when the Lord removes his own from this earth. Mm -hmm. Well, Brother Tom, you know, I, I believe, as, as I said before, from, from our local indications from people, people are starting to listen and look in other directions and in fact they're looking in areas that mainstream christian media w were not providing answers to whether it's people coming to the ancient of days conference in roswell or people who are asking more questions about the unique topics on our show or or others of other people you know about and, and i want to ask as we're getting here near the end of the show about this whole idea of alternative christian media uh, i've never really tried to define it uh... But I guess I would generally describe how I view it uh, as as being activities that tend to be lower to non-funded uh, media ventures uh, with no with no big sponsors or underwriters underwriting them, uh, no to minimal staff, and 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 really focused on analyzing information on our world from a biblical worldview in subjects that traditional establishment Christian media and even pulpits will not touch. And I think that's likely due to either their controversy uh, and the potential to cause division in groups or potentially chase off sponsors and funders or cause maybe political connection difficulties. Uh, due to a host of reasons, they're, they're overlooked. And, you know, most all of these alternative Christian media contributors, just like the ones on Revelations Radio Network mm -hmm. and, and a host of other people we know, uh, volunteer their time in self-produced shows with very little budget and thrive very well on the Internet. And as far as I know, our show is one of only one or maybe a handful at most uh, that cover these kind of topics on a mainstream over-air Christian radio station. And we're very grateful that, that we've even provided that venue to be able to do that, mm -hmm. to reach out to people who are not already looking for the information on the Internet, to actually go out and introduce them to this information. And, you know, virtually all of these people view you and your ministry as a type of flagship 
of this kind of movement, whether you'd want to be associated or not uh, in that way, and as a mentor in, in, in many respects. Uh, having said all that, what important role do you think the kind of alternative Christian media ventures like I'm referring to, what, what kind of role are they having and can they have in the mission of the body in Christ, and what could they do to improve it, in your opinion? Well, <clears throat> look, you, again, you remain so humble, but your program is so important because it offers truth. And look, truth is its own reward. And that, and that is what alternative Christian media provides better than most other formats for a very simple reason, because we're not owned by large corporations, and we're not in the hip pockets of politicians, or for that matter, even indebted to any particular religious institution right. that might pay our salaries and then want, us, then want to be the tail wagging the dog. For all of the reasons that you just mentioned just now mm-hmm. about how non-funded we are. Right. I mean, that, that in itself actually is liberation. It liberates us mm-hmm. to be forthright and honest right. because we're not owned by anybody. Right. So the now, so the key to me to survival in this industry uh, is keeping it that way. But how do you fund it? How do you pay for it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we first started Raiders News Network, it became obvious really fast that we're, we were going to need staff, and not just all volunteers. We do have volunteers, and we appreciate them. Um, but volunteers, you know, they typically have jobs. Right. They can only give us so much time. So in order to manage everything that we do at Raiders News Network, we needed staff, and staff means payroll. I mean full-time people. Well, <clears throat> unless you're independently wealthy, somehow you have to come up with money to make payroll and other expenses related to operations. That puts you in the position then of weighing options. Um and, you know, from my background in church ministry, one of the options is asking for donations, which is what a lot of ministries do. But we decided early on at Raiders News Network that we weren't going to do that. We did not want to be in the position of having to beg people for money. And so we designed a business model that accomplishes a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it allows us to um, be in ministry in areas uh, like our bush, uh, our book publishing company, our news service, our radio shows, Raiders News Network, others area, other areas. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, uh, secondly, our own our online bookstore, uh, publishing income, SurvivorMall.com. These underwrite our cost of operations so that we can offer people. You know, uh, we believe that we, like at Survivor Mall, we believe that we give people the best prices out there. We do, but we do make some profit. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we're offering people um, items, but we're offering original programming and ministry materials. Well, at the same time, we're not owned. We're not controlled by big corporations or individuals, and also uh, we don't have to ask for donations in order to survive. So now... How how alternative Christian media could improve uh, from what they're doing now is a multifaceted question. But I would say this. Stay, stay on the cutting edge of technology. You know, there's new venues right now for getting the message out there that are expanding around us every day quickly. 
Um, before long, for instance, every podcast that we do online will have its own channel. And all of the new telephones, the radios, the car radios, they're going to be able to tune into your podcast station and listen to your show while they drive down the road. Mm-hmm. That, that was presented at this year's uh, Religious Broadcasters Convention. Um, secondly, I would say look at abandoning <clears throat> the tired old methods of asking for offerings and instead ask God to give us entirely new concepts for engineering income through partnerships, through entrepreneurialism, new business models that God can bless and that underwrite the cost of operations. And God, I believe, has placed within every one of our circles, in our churches, in our business circles, people who can come together to network with us to be able to come up with new models of funding operations some of whom may contribute, but that's the old model where you're mm-hmm. just looking for contributors. Right. Others who actually have brains, they don't just, they don't just, you know that old thing about give a man a fish, you feed him a day, but teach him how to fish. These are people who will, that know how to teach us how to fish. Um, I know we're going to run out of time, so I'm going to go quickly. Right. We also need to come together as a community for mutual benefit. And there could be ways that we could work together to help each other, uh, to barter services. Mm-hmm. so that we're stronger than when we just ragtag our approach as loners. And now, now I realize that that can become tricky, and you have to be careful whenever each of our personal styles and visions right. start homogenizing, and then we start losing our individual appeal, uh, you know, whatever it is that makes us different. But there has got to be, within this great community of believers, activists, reporters, writers, hosts, there is some common ground where together we can accomplish more than going it all alone. And then let me add just one more thing. Alternative Christian media has this terrific opportunity of reinventing traditional Christianity right. for a whole new generation. Exactly. And, and without going into a bunch of detail, uh, as I was, as you said earlier, an executive in religious institutions for 30 years, and it breaks my heart how traditional gospel truths has all but been replaced in modern churches by doctrine that our grandparents wouldn't even recognize. I mean, other than to believe it's some kind of a strange cult or the occult, they wouldn't even get it. But since alternative Christian media is not owned by religious institutions, then it has the unique opportunity to preach the all-powerful gospel of Jesus Christ to an entire generation and perhaps become the very avenue by which God could visit global revival or a new and restored New Testament church movement within our day. And if we can become that model, I have faith to believe that God will bring new and amazing and unforeseen ways of funding the resources that we need to be able to be in that position. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, I've told you that uh, we have our our shows at at, uh, Revelations Radio Network that we're all diverse people. Most of us did not know each other from around the country. And we're we're using the technology even just to get together and pray mm-hmm. and to ask for supernatural power to open these doors as well, too, to make sure we're, we're grounded in God's power and strength and his wisdom and direction. Uh, but, but a real burden on my heart is not to preach to the choir. And mm-hmm. while the Internet is an incredible resource that we all need to exploit, uh, it's, it's almost a free 
uh, resource we can use if you have the time and the energy to put out material and content. And more and more people, younger generations, are looking for that. Uh, sometimes it requires people to actively search for the information that we present. And there's many people out there that don't even know to search for the kind of content of what you see on Raiders or, or here on shows like ours. And I'm concerned about those people and reaching them, including even people who are traditional people in the church. And so in the future, sure look forward for your for your advice on that. You know, having a, an on-air radio station slot gives you an opportunity to catch those people who are scanning the dial on their way home and hit something they've never heard before. But that's a very expensive proposition to be on uh, lots of, of these kind of stations. Uh, so, you know, we're looking for ideas in, in our part of the, the overall movement uh, to find ways to reach those people who don't even know uh, what's being offered. And we'd sure like to hear from you in the future in that respect. Well, look, I'm, I'm, we're, 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 um, we're venturing out now. This is the year for us. And a lot of this technology is brand new to me. I mean, I'm a, I'm an old guy, you know. <laughs> and, um, uh, and I have a lot to learn. Thankfully, I'm surrounded by very talented people right. who know a lot about new technologies. And we just intend to press forward. We are going to perfect our model. We have faith that as we per perfect our model, it's going to start being requested by um, other opportunities for expansion into AM, maybe even FM. I don't know, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but but AM especially. Uh, we saw that already in the test um, uh, types that we ran, and so we'll see. You know, when you have a popular radio program, it it can create um, demand among right. the population, mm -hmm. and then of course that demand is what uh, stations use to turn around and be able to acquire advertising mm -hmm. dollars because you have a popular radio show. So all we're doing is putting this in the hands of God and saying we believe in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not going to stop. Nothing can stop us. We're going to keep going until Christ returns. And in the meantime, we're going to put our shoulder to the plow. We're going to learn about new technology. And as we learn about new technology, we're certainly willing to share with anybody our successes and our failures where we learn something really works well uh, and other areas where it doesn't work as well. And we only see ourselves as part of the community that you are a part of. I mean, we are in this thing together, Amen. and Christ is for us, so who can be against us? Exactly right. Well, uh, I, you know, I tell our listeners here, you know, we can only give you a little over two hours of programming uh, every week, and for the rest of your waking hours, we, they need places like your new talk show, like Raiders Live, to fill the rest of those hours in between Future Quake episodes, if nothing else. <laughs> but uh, we, we live in a wonderful day and age where, where people can get very specialized information that they're seeking, and now we have an opportunity to receive it. And the only advice I'll give you on the show is that you need to get a co-host that changes his middle name every week. I find that really very, works good in our format. Very important. That's been the real winner in our format. <laughs> I thought about putting well, it on our show. It's it's me. It's the it's the wild man of the Ozarks, Joe Artis. Okay. And it's Nita. So I'm not named Nita or the Wild Man. So <laughs> I think uh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> but we've got Pyro. He's our uh, secret draft choice we have here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, we're we're at the about the one minute warning here uh, to wrap up. Can you tell us um, just real quick 
If you have any other future plans we need to be aware of, and if not, just tell our listeners again how they can find your website and other books and other materials they want to get. Well, yeah, we have a lot of plans. I won't launch because, you know me, it's hard for me to say anything in just a few words. Uh, our website, RaidersNewsNetwork.com, is the main one. You can basically find the links to everything else from RaidersNewsNetwork.com. And we would say join us for Raiders Live News Talk Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. It's a two-hour slot. Right now we're using Blog Talk Radio. Those shows are immediately available uh, via archive, usually just almost instantly after the show is done. Uh, burn those shows. Put them on CD. Give them to people. Put them on your MP3s. Pass them out um, so that people can hear the interesting things we're talking about. We're going to have Dr. Future on our radio program a week from this Thursday. I believe it's the 17th, right. uh, Thursday night. And we're going to be talking about his contribution to the book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century. He wrote a very important chapter called Food and Fuel Shortages. Uh, and it, it is so well done that I just want to hug you. Well, <laughs> I take a hug for whatever reason. Brother Tom, thank you for joining us, and particularly uh, for putting up with some of these uh, bizarre challenges we've had in completing this uh, interview. We, we've had it when things of paramount spiritual importance are being talked about. We, uh, it comes one in a million, but uh, we had some special issues. You stayed late with us in your very busy schedule, and I just wanted to acknowledge that to our listeners. And a good way to uh, show our gratitude to you is to go over, get some books that you're publishing. It's of direct interest to our Futurian listeners. And I uh, just want to thank you so much. When you get a moment to catch your breath, uh, you'll have ten new things going on uh, the next time, and we'd love to have you back again on our show. Well, hey, look, uh, Dr. Future, Tom Bionic, as always, it's such a privilege to be on your radio show. Thank you for having me on. Well, no, thank you. God bless you, brother. Knock them dead on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again. Have a good evening. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, might be time to test my uh, acrostic challenges type person. I don't know what I'm saying. Sorry. Bionic. <laughs> that's That's back to our old, good old middle names. I like particularly the I don't know what I'm saying bionic. Yeah. You know, that sounds like some of the middle names emailers send us to suggest to you. <laughs> like doesn't know his middle name, bionic. Yeah. Tom, what are you going on uh, in your noggin? Bionic. Now, you're referring to the challenge that he's given us. Yes. The, uh, to decipher mm -hmm. this great challenge. It's a huge cash prize. Yeah, well, $10,000, uh, which I, I think he might have written about or mentioned somewhere. I saw that. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the other thing that intrigues me even more is that he's got this Revolutionary War era something or other. Yeah, who knows what yeah. that is. He's fascinating. I'm wondering if it's that little box from that Hellraiser movie, like when you like you manipulate it and the Cenobites appear. <laughs> I miss that. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I, I don't know, know what it, what it could be. Maybe it's the uh, uh, Lapis Exilis. It could be that, too, or maybe an ephod with the umum and the thumum. Could be. You know. All those things would come in handy. Could be. Uh, yeah. It's hard to say. Um, yeah. We I, should get an all-star team together. Maybe yeah. talking with our Futurians about that, having a that's team That's a very effort. interesting idea. Just, I, don't, I don't know if our affiliation with him may bar us from actually winning the prize. So. We're looking the fine print. Yeah. And well, it's like listed us ex explicitly. I bet you. I wonder if his wife is barred. I wonder if Nita can still do it. She might be one of the ones barred. Yeah. I would be I would be surprised if we yeah. weren't either. Well, the good thing is nobody wants to affiliate with us, so I think that probably yeah. helps us be independent. We'll have to mull that over. 
Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed Brother Tom Horn. There's never enough time in one week's interview to cover but a smidgen mm-hmm. of what's going on, but it's all important. So Indeed. while we didn't break a lot of enormous theological issues here, mm-hmm. we announced a whole bunch of new things going on that people need to be aware of if you're not camping out at Raiders News Network right you know, now. I almost feel like we need to do kind of a, a regular like once a month, one over on old Tom Horn just to keep up with everything new that's yeah. coming out. Of course, I don't know if we want our show to crash every every time we do it. But <laughs> speaking of crashing, Merv can tell you how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We're way over. All right, out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please come back. Tomorrow's Trimmers tomorrow. Great new guest next week. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. I'm not going to you-know-where bionic. Yeah, you're right. I don't know where. It's foreshadowing. Okay. Well, more foreshadowing. I'm not used to that on Fridays, but ladies and gentlemen, it's wonderful to be with you today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our interview this week with uh, Brother Tom Horn. Yeah, I sure enjoyed it. uh, He's uh, just a wonderful guy, sort of at the center of the universe of what's going on. And uh, Mm -hmm. if you're a new listener, if you just tuned in today, we normally have interviews with newsmakers, look at things going on in the world, particularly things not talked about elsewhere for the most part. From a biblical worldview, but today is different. It's Friday, mm-hmm. which means it is what, Tom? It is time to read some stories. You know, in your own way, that's that's not too bad. In your own simple <laughs> kind of way. Actually, we caught you just, you and I both just ran into the studio and hit the on button, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how much prep, prep preparation time. Uh, Obviously, it's very on. obvious to our listeners that there's yeah, not much like, preparation time. Wow, here. these guys are like... <laughs> right. We just step in a phone phone booth and record it, which you don't hear that lot on other Christian programs no. nationally. No, people probably listen to these this. These guys and go, are messed up on drugs. What is wrong with these guys? <laughs> yeah, of course, even our own family members tell us that too. So, oh yeah, regularly. Hey, I have a couple announcements to make. Since Great. it is Friday, which means it is tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's <sighs> news. I was going to say that. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to give a call out to anybody who. Uh, Happened to uh, catch my interview uh, about a week and a half ago, or maybe a little longer, on WAWK, uh, just outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Sort of an impromptu Sunday interview. And uh, if some of you folk uh, happen to hear that interview and have tuned into Future Quake, I just want to tell you, you're more than welcome here. And uh, we just appreciated uh, Pastor Al having me on for about an hour and a half discussion. It was really great. Mm -hmm. And there's another one that's coming up. Uh, and this will be on the 17th, which will probably be just after uh, people hear this uh, recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on September 17th, Thursday, 
uh, I will be on the second edition of Raiders Live Talk Radio Show. That's awesome. As was alluded to by Tom Horn this week. That's so just another reminder for new people tuning in. Mm-hmm. I'll be on at 7 o'clock Central Time. So do they take live call-ins? Yes, they do. Don't get any bright ideas. I think Lom Ryanic might, uh, he might make an appearance. Yeah, he might wage a full frontal assault. Oh, on. wonderful. Like, I don't have enough people doing that already. <clears throat> I'll be crying like a baby you? and sucking my thumb before Gosh, it's over. I, you sound so much taller on your other radio show. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you certainly, you and anybody else who are Futurian listeners are welcome to call in. They do take call. Actually, I take that back. Is this Tom Right now, up? they're not taking call-ins. What am oh. I thinking? But they do allow you to send in uh, requests via email or in the chat room. If you go to blogtalkradio.com. If you're, if you're not familiar with Blog Talk Radio, just go to uh, raidersnewsnetwork.com. Look on the left-hand side. You'll see the instructions mm-hmm. for Raiders Live. But love for everybody to tune in and listen to that. So uh, please join us for that. Any other announcements we have real quick? Um, hmm. Can I do a little quick commercial for the book? If you get a chance, go to the front of futurequake.com. And if you'd like, grab a copy of the book, mm-hmm. uh, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Things You Will Face, Most Frightening Issues You Will Face This Century. And uh, one thing unique about getting it at futurequake.com is you will get a copy signed by yours truly, Dr. Future. And there's a little block there where you can request how you'd like it signed or really? whatever. Mm-hmm. You could, yeah. like, if I wanted to write, if I wanted you to write, uh, let's go storm Norway. Yeah, something write, like that. Like, mm-hmm. Or I, I hereby, Dr. Future, sign over all my earthly goods to. Exactly. See, we yeah, haven't seen that one yet. We haven't seen that request yet of the mm-hmm. books, but appreciate everyone who has ordered out there in the audience. And uh, uh, any kind of proceeds from that will go to help Raiders, and also it'll be a couple of bucks to uh, help with some of these trips and things that have gone to uh, speaking engagements and things like that. So appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mighty Tom's Bible study going pretty well. That's yeah, going pretty well. I had to I had to pare it down just a little bit this week because I'm about ready to take. Uh, a really, for me, very hard math test. Well, can we pray for you for this? Because oh, sure. we've alluded to it several times. Yeah. The, the date of the test is? The 24th. The 24th. So it's yeah. coming up. Yes. And uh, do you care to mention what it's for? Well, it's uh, exam P for the actuarial exam. And in that, mm-hmm. I'm not super good at math. In fact, I kind of have like a little bit of a learning disability in math. And you have to be super good at math to and take this. Yeah. Right? You have to be, like people who are mathematicians go, hmm, maybe I mm-hmm. don't want to go work in the government or something. So you're looking at, like, David and Gideon and saying, man, they had it easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, wow, five stones? Yeah. You only get, I only get one stone and That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, can I lead us in a word of prayer? Please, please do, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in lifting up Brother Tom here. Heavenly Father, I just pray for uh, Brother Tom. I pray for this experience coming up to the test. I just thank you so much for his witness, his faithfulness to this radio ministry, and so many other ministries he's doing, Lord, his own his Bible teaching, his personal ministry in his own church body. Uh, other people he knows in the circle that he's involved with. Lord, I just pray that you'd honor his diligence and faithfulness to you with with success, if it be your will, uh, in this test, and that uh, beyond that you would provide a way for career uh, opportunities, mm-hmm. Lord, that would also help facilitate and provide underwriting for his work for the kingdom. We thank you so much for him and his testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so right. much, Paul. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. I really appreciate very, it. Very proud of you. I wish I could just write a letter giving you automatic approval. Well, I would give you an honorary doctorate, but well, I don't know if that would help you in that career. Well, from what I've what I've understood about the, uh, the stress level once you have gone through the entire process of mm-hmm. being fully certified, um, it is pretty low, and that's 
what I'm looking for is low stress. Oh, good. Yeah. Once you get over the extreme stress. Yeah. Then it's, it's low stress. Yeah. It's it's like it's kind of like um, you know trying to dodge a bullet. Okay. They're only going to shoot at you once, but they're going to shoot okay. real straight. So All right. Once you get past it, you're like, wow. Sure. All right. Yeah. So then your stress will be basically involved uh, fighting all of the forces of uh, darkness here on Future Quake. Well, yeah. Anyway. That and passing the other exams. <laughs> okay. Well, can I begin with a story? Hit us. You know, um, <clears throat> I did not have any stories, I hate to tell you, about uh, Nephilim or about uh, the Rockefellers this week. Mm-hmm. But can I make up for it with a story about Henry Kissinger? Oh great! Is that are Kissinger, you? Rockefeller, Nephilim? I'm figuring uh, Kissinger's a fallback. Alex Jones. Okay, now we got them all. Okay, we got them all. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay. Had you had you heard about Kissinger in the news this week? I have not. I've been so busy, I can't. Okay. I can't even. Your head's going to fall off. You're on top of stuff, so I didn't know. This is from a, a place that I, has become a new favorite haunt for me to get interesting stories. It's it's from Wired.com, oh, which yeah, is all great. those savvy kind of people. Well, they have a special area called the Danger Room. And some of the more interesting stories I find come out of there at Wired.com. And the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, story is: Did Henry Kissinger want quote an accident to happen to Bud Zumwalt? Mm. Okay, and this is just a story that just came out. Uh, and this is uh, uh, written by Nicholas Thompson, where he says, I'm, "I'll uh, publish a new book, The Hawk and the Dove: Paul Nitze, George Kennan, and the History of the Cold War." And on Saturday, uh, the New York Times ran a very nice story of the most interesting scoops and pieces of news in this book. Uh, I've been getting questions, this is the person who wrote the book, about one passage that stuck out for readers. Uh, it says that, uh, this is an excerpt of the book, Mr. Thompson also turned up evidence that suggested that Henry A. Kissinger had an agent follow the daughter of a political rival, Admiral Elmo Zumwalt Jr., known as Bud, Mm-hmm. and had told the Soviet ambassador that he would like to see Zumwalt have an accident. Mr. Kissinger described the accusations, Mr. Thompson writes, as paranoid bunk. Really? Which means they're probably right. Yeah, they're probably they're 100% described that way. true. He says, the story dates to a memo that I found in the papers of my grandfather, Paul Nitze. He he was a very close friend with Zumwalt when the latter man served as chief of naval operations under Richard Nixon. Zumwalt classed with Kissinger from the very beginning of his tenure, and in November 1970, the two men had a long talk on a train, following which Zumwalt noted down several statements that infuriated him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kissinger feels that the U.S. has passed its historic high point, like so many other civilizations. He's been saying that for years. Well, this is what Kissinger said. He believes the U.S. is on the downhill and that the American people have only themselves to blame because they lack stamina to stay the course against the Russians who are the Sparta to our Athens. Relations between the two men continued to deteriorate. During the 73 Arab-Israeli War, Zumwalt became convinced that Kissinger was withholding supplies from Israel because he believed that a little bleeding would soften it up for his planned post-war diplomacy. So, you know, he comes in as a hero. What I remember as a kid, Kissinger was like a god status of coming in and creating peace. I didn't know that he was working behind the scenes to to have certain events happen related to war to sort of set the stage for oh, him to yeah. come well, in. Oh, yeah, well, his name has come up uh, uh, a couple of times. I mean, at the time, it wasn't known. Oh, really? Well, his name has come up in connection all the way back to the uh, USS Liberty incident. Oh, is that right? He yeah. was involved in that, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing nothing has been proven, but they've mentioned it. Huh. He's a lunatic. Okay. Well, uh, it says, uh, after leaving the Navy, Zumwalt decided to run for Senate in Virginia. 
on essentially a platform of more weapons and less Kissinger. In the spring of 1976, <laughs> That's a good. Yeah, with the Senate race in full swing, he published memoirs, uh, and there's all quoted in here where to get them, that he had his notes of Kissinger's harangue about Athens and Sparta blaring on the back cover. Kissinger, in turn, denounced Zumwalt as contemptible falsehoods. Then in early December 1976, a few months before the book was published, the phone rang in Zumwalt's home. An unfamiliar voice gave a brief hurried message. Henry Kissinger was soon going to hold a press conference to attack him. A few days later, the Secretary of State did indeed hold a blistering 90-minute session in which he lambasted Zumwalt's recent accusations before Congress that Kissinger was allowing the Soviets to violate the strategic arms limitation talks. Then on March 26, 1976, about the same time the news of Kissinger bashing memoir came out, Zumwalt's phone rang again, and the voice of what sounded like the same man came on the line. He says, you should know that on at least two occasions recently Kissinger has said uh, uh, to Soviet Ambassador and Anatoly Dubrovnin, Dubrovnin, who I remember, yeah. uh, that an accident should happen to Admiral Zumwalt. The caller then hung up. Zumwalt made a memo of the call and passed it to Nitsi. Here it is. And he shows about where it is in his papers. There's a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And it says, I'm 100% confident that someone called Zumwalt and said these words. I've spoken with several people whom Zumwalt told about the call directly after it happened. So, anyway, I'll just leave it there. But, uh. Is that guy like. He's like the, the dark Sith Lord. Anytime something evil is going on, it's like. He's just skulking around. Like Kissinger's there. Yes, my yeah. master. Well, do you remember the yes, article that we talked about, uh, Bohemian Grove, mm-hmm. about how he'd just be sloppy drunk the Worship whole time? The giant and, owl. Yes, master. I mean, this, this, these are reports from reporters. He yeah. was messing around on his wife there and and with, with another guy. Well, and, and other kind of things and on the phone. I mean, they were. I'm just talking about what was reported in the articles of the people who were embedded there. Yes. You know, at, at, at mainstream anything newspaper you articles. You can't just look up on any, you know, 20 minutes on Google. And th- this guy has uh, this guy has, has become almost like sort of an icon, sort of like sort of like Nixon did, just by hanging on, just by like sort of being around. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he goes in and is given, you know, great treatment on Fox News or wherever he comes on. And uh, so anyway, there's well, a Kissinger story. Why don't you give me a Fox News story? I'd start introducing him, and now... I just think you're perfect, you know, for that. And now we're going to have the Dark Sith Lord. Actually, I think the last few people they picked at Fox News for presenters, one of them was a bikini model Yes. that was on the World Poker Tour as the spokesperson, and then they picked her to do hard news for Fox News. Oh, I think so, I've seen her. I don't know if you can uh, fit that demographic. No comment. Well, would you like to uh, review a story with us? Uh, okay, all right. Well, this this actually relates a little bit... This this is kind of like sort of tying multiple conspiracies together, but uh, it relates. All right. It so re- this is conspiracy squared. Yeah, maybe even cubed. Okay. Um, this is it's a little bit long, but I'll just try and go over the high points here, folks. Uh, this actually relates a little bit to our uh, guest um, coming up here. Okay. Um, what is this comes from? Uh, this is an Associated Press article. With a preamble uh, from a, a website called Cryptogon.com, which is another really great website to yeah. go to get news. Okay. Um, it's t- entitled, What is American Police Force? Question mark. Defense Product Solutions is hosted on the same IP as AmericanPoliceGroup.com. Both sites feature the same, same IP. Was that? The same IP address. Okay. Um, both sites feature the same logo. 
uh, you click on the on the catalog link on Defense Product Solutions, and they and say, and this, they're both hosted by a guy named Edward Angelino. If you go and you look uh, on their website, you see AlliedDefenseSystem.com backslash About Us HTM. ADS and its veteran team have serviced a variety of contracts under extreme conditions in the Middle East. Our projects have ranged from base camp construction operations to supplying world-class military vehicles. In the midst of international tensions, ADS will perform. Okay. A little bit so what dramatic. do they do? Okay. Um, well, they, they appear to be a, a military contractor who yeah. builds bases out in the desert or sure. does whatever. Uh, and there's also, from my own personal snooping around it, mm-hmm. they've made a claim that uh, they can field a brigade, uh, brigade strength of special forces troops anywhere in the world within 72 hours. Their own troops or just provide the infrastructure to support Their them? own troops. They can provide a brigade strength of special forces troops hmm. within 72 hours. And it's okay. mentioned here later in the article. Which could conquer a lot of sm- very small countries. A brigade strength of special forces troops, is that's a pretty powerful fighting force. Yeah. You know, especially when you have... Now, I don't know about the Faroe Islands, but, I mean, you could probably take over other countries. Yeah. Hong Kong or North Carolina or... Yeah, you know. any of those countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. And then you have this other one, uh, DPS, uh, Defense Product Solutions. DPS and its veteran team have serviced a variety of contracts under extreme conditions in the Middle East. Our projects have ranged. Is this a commercial forum or what? No, but I mean, I'm kind of like reading it like that, huh? Yeah. So anyway, the whole point is is that these two companies uh, um, are, it's like a big shell game, you know, sort of relating very much back to our earlier guest um, about the... Uh, um, the torture taxis and how so much mm-hmm. of this stuff is kind of a big shell game. Uh, they have a they have a they have an address um, at uh, K Street, Pennsylvania Avenue, K Street area okay. there in right. Washington D.C., which turns out to be virtual offices. So you just go mm. and you know. Okay. Um, anyway, so with all of that, all of that weirdness, um, uh, let me let me jump into the actual AP article here. Yeah. What's the um, the Two Rivers Detention Center was promoted as the largest economic development project in decades in the small town of Hardin, uh, that's Montana, when the jail was built two years ago, but it has, vac- it has been vacant ever since. City officials have searched from Vermont to Alaska for inmate contracts to fill the jail, only to be turned down at every turn and see the bonds that financed its construction fall into default. They even floated the idea of housing prisoners from Guantanamo Bay at the jail. So when Hardin officials announced this week that they had signed a deal with a California company to fill the empty jail, it was naturally a cause for celebration. Town officials talked about throwing a party to mark the occasion, their dreams of economic salvation a step closer to being realized. But the questions are emerging over the legitimacy of the company, American Police Force. Okay. Um, So what do we have here? We've got this very shadowy company that Mm -hmm. one arm seems to be fielding special forces troops abroad and another Mm -hmm. arm seems to be building... Uh, uh, filling uh, or want to fill a, uh, a new high-tech jail in Hardin, Montana. You know, it almost sounds like our own military. We send brigades over to fight the, quote, terrorists overseas, mm-hmm. and we also put them stationed at Fort Stewart here for civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Same model. Very yeah. similar. Well, this is, except this is now a private contract right. company, which which makes them sort of not subject to certain mm-hmm. ethical considerations. Right. Um, government contract databases show no record of the company. Security industry representatives and federal federal officials said they have never heard of it, sort of like uh, Jepsum Data Services. Um, yeah, security industry representatives and federal officials said they had never heard of it. 
On its website, the company lists as its headquarters a building in Washington near the White House that holds virtual offices. A spokesman for the building said American Police Force never completed its application for to use the address. <laughs> and it's unclear where the company will get the inmates for the jail. Uh, Montana says it's not sending inmates to the jail, and neither are federal officials in the state. Uh, an, attorney for American, uh, an attorney for American Police Force, Mazier Mafi, describes the Santa Ana, California company as a fledgling spinoff of a major security firm founded in, 19, in, in 1984. But Mafi declined to... <laughs> this this like, whole thing is so ridiculous. But Mafi declined to name the parent firm or provide details on how the company will finance its jail operations. But that's okay. I gave some sort of spinoffs for, you know. Is this just a Ponzi kind of thing or some shadow? Well, it's so weird. It's like there's like three conspiracy theories all coming together to a head, mm -hmm. and I just don't know. And I figured that. Like we need to make a trip out there in the future mobile? It's a little far, but yeah. yeah. Why not? Sure. Have they started, like, moving dirt? Did I miss that in the story? Oh, no. The jail is built. Okay. The jail is built. The idea was they were going to then contract with people who needed to house inmates, you know, obviously uh -huh. states and right. feds. Overflow. Yeah, and uh, they were having trouble filling that. And then this American police force, which is also the same as the same parent company as uh, Allied mm -hmm. uh, Defense uh, Systems, Defense Product Solutions, yeah. which can field its own brigade strength of special forces yeah. anywhere in the world in 72 hours. Um uh, they're saying, well, we got plenty of prisoners. You just don't worry. Uh, but nobody can figure out where they're coming from. Huh. And uh, huh. the nature of this entity is a private security, is private security and for security purposes, as well as for the interest of their clientele. That's why we prefer to not to be up front. Uh, they have an elaborate website. Um, they said they've done uh, security investigative work and other services to clients in all 50 states and many other countries. The company also hosts, also boasts to have rapid response units awaiting our orders worldwide and that it can field a battalion-sized, I'm sorry, not a brigade-sized, mm. battalion-sized, which I think is even bigger, mm -hmm. right? Or do you know? Uh, I was Air Force background. I don't know. No. Sure. Lots of guys with a guns. Bat a battalion's pretty big. Yeah. Battalion-sized team of special forces I don't think we can hold them off here. Within 72 hours. I don't know. Wow. Pyro's pretty vicious. Yeah. Attack dog. Well, you know what? Maybe these guys were being a little speculative as entrepreneurs. They read the Department of Homeland Security report and realized that all the people that were listed as right-wing extremists includes millions of people in the U.S., so therefore there's going to have to have a lot of space to house them. So maybe yep. they just built it in anticipation of... Well, who knows? The eventual roundup. But the whole thing is here we have this company that can, you know, mm -hmm. is nobody's ever heard of, but they can field special forces mm -hmm. troops and do all this crazy stuff. Why don't stuff. we get them on our show? That's an idea. Well, yeah. we get you actually get to that, the uh, uh, Associated Press here. I don't know if we'll get to it. Uh -huh. Associated Press went and, and went to their yeah. off, one of their offices in California, and the guy said, no questions, no, you know. Yeah. His name was, he, he was actually a foreign national who grew up in, <laughs> who grew up in Montenegro, and he had extensive special forces things, and he listed yeah. all the things he had done, wet work on six continents and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, huh. like everything but James Bond, you know. Okay. Um, but here's some other interesting tidbits. Um, the Professional Securities Council um, has never heard of them, and they, the, the company's members include all the major security contractors like Triple Canopy, DynCorp, and XC Services, mm -hmm. formerly Blackwater. Um, but here's a really interesting one. American police force is also promising to invest 30 million in new projects for the city, 
including a military and law enforcement training center with a 250-bed dormitory in expansion and an expansion of the jail to 2,000 beds. The company says it will provide a homeless shelter, offer free health care for city residents, and even deliver meals to the needy. Wow. <laughs> So they're What's anticipating a lot here? of money. Yeah. You know what? I recommend you forward that to Trevor Paglin, yeah. our guest from Torture Taxi. He can mm-hmm. get to the bottom of that. I, I, that's actually a really good idea. Anything else you need to hit before we down? Um, We're just down the last few minutes of the show. I was going to do a little quickie story here. Uh, well, the uh, uh, Peterson, the guy in charge for the for the um, for the the city, says there's never a question in my mind that I've after I've done my homework, it's legit. Um, and uh, in Santa Ana, the American police force occupies a single suite on the second floor of a two-story office building. During a visit to the location Thursday, a reporter for the Associated Press encountered a uniformed man behind a desk who would identify himself only as Captain Michael. He de- declined to discuss anything, uh, but he did reveal his real surname on, uh, um, on a, uh, uh, a phone interview. And he was born in Montenegro, mm-hmm. and he had decades of experience in right. special forces, military, and law enforcement, clandestine law enforcement, quote unquote. Okay. What kind of a what kind of a thing is clandestine law enforcement? Okay. Um, and uh, his boss is a guy named Richard Culver, who is currently overseas, whose name I recognize, but I can't mm-hmm. remember where. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Okay. We need to stay on top of that one. That's a weird one. See what's going on. It's like. Three conspiracy theories. Hey, I go. think we have some listeners out in Montana. If you're out in that neck of the woods, if you all yeah. Futurians could let us Harden. know, yeah. find out what's going on. Yeah. We'd appreciate that. We're just down to about two minutes. Can I yeah. just give Sorry a quick one here? So That's okay. Apologize. Just a big mystery wrapped in an enigma. Yeah. Uh, this is a, just a quick one. Uh, 911 commission members doubt official story. This is from Old Thinker News. Well, that's actually, I, I didn't know that was news, but. Maybe it is. Well, uh, 60 to 70% of the people have said, who are on the original commission, said, we've been stonewalled. Well, uh, from some of our listeners, given some of the venues where they're hearing this show, there might be a lot of listeners who, this may be news to them. Okay. On the 8th anniversary of the 911 attacks, remain unanswered questions about the events that transpired that day. They demand answers, and it is far from being a fringe movement as cast by mainstream media. Many of the 911 commission members themselves doubt the story. Here are examples. Senator Max Cleland, who resigned from the 911 commission after calling it a national scandal, stated in a 2003 PBS interview, he says, saying that's deliberate. I am saying that the delay in relaying this information to the American public out of a hearing, a series of hearings that several members of Congress knew eight or ten months ago, including Bob Graham and others, that was deliberately slow walked. The 911 commission was deliberately slow walked because the administration policy was, and its priority was, we're going to take Saddam Hussein out. Well, that's that's not surprising. If you go back and mm-hmm. look at the uh, commission to investigate Kennedy, right. it was commissioned 11 days after yeah. it began. Uh, the Gulf of Tonkin was commissioned, I think, 16 days. It took 42 months to get that rolling. Wow. Well, he also says in, with Democracy Now!, Cleveland says, one of these days we will have to get the full story because the 911 issue is so important to America, but this White House wants to cover it up. Uh, the Washington Post also reported several members of the 911 Commission suspected deception on, on the part of the Pentagon. Uh, they reported uh, some staff members and commissioners of the September 11th panel included the Pentagon's initial story of how it reacted to the 2001 terrorist attacks may have been part of a deliberate effort 
to mislead the commission in public rather than a reflection of the fog of the events that day. Could you read that first part there again? Well, but we're, we're just getting ready to shut down here. Okay, so, sorry. Some staff members and commissioners of the September 11th panel concluded that the Pentagon's initial story of how it reacted to the 2001 terrorist attacks may have been part of a deliberate effort to mislead the commission and the public rather than a reflection of the fog of events that day. Wow. Uh, Bob Carey also had an uh, unanswered question at Salon.com. Uh, he said there are ample reasons to suspect that there may be some alternative to what we outlined in our version. The commission had limited time and limited resources to pursue its investigation, and its access to key documents and witnesses was fettered by the administration. And uh, Tim Romer said that uh, commission members were considering a prim- criminal pol- uh, probe of false statements. This quote, we were extremely frustrated with the false statements we were getting. Romer told CNN, we're not sure the intent, whether it was to deceive the commission or merely part of the fumbling bureaucracy. All right. There's a lot more there we can't cover, but someone who can uh, cover us is Merv. He can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, where are we over? Let's get out of here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us. There's much more to be said on that and other topics uh, for next week. But until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.